Blog Talk Radio. Kane is in the building. Hollywood cold, I'm with Molly G, bro, flying Holly Grove chicks to my Hollywood shows, and I want to tell you something that you probably should know, this that slumdog millionaire Bollywood flowing up, uh, my real friends never hearing from me, fake friends write the wrong answers on the mirror for me, that's why I pick and choose, I don't get you confused, I got a small circle, I'm not with different crews, we walk the same path, but got on different shoes, live in the same building, but we got different views I got a couple cars I never get to use Don't like my women single I like my chicks and twos And these days And good afternoon everybody It is Thursday afternoon A 6 o'clock time on the stopwatch And we're going to start you off with a very solid I mean from start to beginning Southern Sports Central Coming to you live from Somerville South Carolina from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. Of course, yesterday, the boys and girls over there at the factory celebrated a year anniversary. So what we're going to do is head over there on Tuesday night for a live show right there with the guys, and it will be, without doubt, a wonderful opportunity for us to get in uh, with all the trainers and those who, of course, go over there to get their work set in and kind of get things put together. Now, today's show has a little bit of a change to it. We're going to have to bring in Jay Williams a little bit early here tonight. Rather than 6.30, he's going to join us here in just a minute. Of course, he is the commissioner from the South Carolina Youth Football Association. They've had some changes over there with COVID-19, taking a huge chunk out of um, the high schools, if you will, in the summer training workouts that have been basically uh, put to a halt, at least for the next couple of weeks. Uh, Jay and his team have had to revisit some things, and uh, Jay's going to get us up to date here in just a little bit with some of the changes that are coming from the organization known as the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Now, that's a 6.15, around 6.10 interview here in just a minute. Then at 7 o'clock, Cole Messina. Now, this young man is a starting catcher for the Somerville Green Wave. He also plays with the Canes. This is a nationally impressively travel ball team around the country. He is a top 50, that's right, top 50 player in the country as well, committed right now to go to the University of South Carolina. But I'm telling you, I think the kid could play in the majors tomorrow. But he'll join us at 7 o'clock. We'll talk some baseball with him and uh, get into some other conversation with Cole Messina. Then at 7.30, we head up to Sockasty up there on the Grand Strand where we'll catch up with Coach Ben Hampton. He is the new head football coach with the Braves. He will kind of check in with us, give us a thought of what's going on in the Grand Strand, Horry County, and in that region that he is now a part of up there in that Myrtle Beach area. Of course, uh, I went to high school there. You guys would know Hunter Renfro went there. Kenny Solomon went there. Of course, Kenny's at the University of Tennessee. You got Hunter Renfro playing some big ball over with the Raiders. So, again, the talent that comes out of that school just the tip of the iceberg there, the guys that I just mentioned. But uh, we will get in with the new head coach around 7.30. Then at 8 o'clock, the bus shows up to the Columbia. We'll head to Ridgeview High School where Coach Perry Parks will join us. He'll get us an update on what's going on with his guys and how the workout's been going. But yet, again, shut down as well. That 
With that, of course, he has a, uh, a few other things that he does outside of Ridgeview High School football. He puts on his own all-star event as well, usually in December. We'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about, of course, his, uh, his horses over there at Ridgeview. And then we'll also get his thoughts and opinions on what he thinks high school football will look like coming up in 2020, hopefully in the next month or so. Then at 830, we get going upstate, and we'll head all the way up there to Greenville with the one and only Ken Brown from the High School Blitz. And I will chalk it up for about 30 minutes where we'll talk a little bit about everything. Should be a good conversation and uh, looking forward to that. So we do have to uh, take a very short, short break. And when we come back, we're going to head right into an interview. Of course, uh, like I mentioned just moments ago, because of the factor with time, Jay Williams is going to have to join us just a little bit earlier. So with that being said, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll join with the man known as the commissioner. Don't go anywhere, guys. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live. I'm Richie Alvin alongside Eugene Benton for the next three hours. Hang out. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. A short break there. Of course, uh, it is now time to head to, well, without doubt, the Kent Farm Hotlines. We're joined now with uh, the one and only, the commissioner of the South Carolina Youth Football Association, Jay Williams. What's up, Mr. Williams? Not much, Richie. How's it going, man? Good, buddy. Got to make a little adjustments. As they call it in football, we had to play an audible, man. I know you got a busy schedule. A lot going on with you guys. And uh, let's not waste any time to get into it, man. I saw the message come across that you guys are having with COVID-19 and these numbers that are just skyrocketing in the wrong direction. You guys are doing, I think, a very uh, – it's a tough thing to do, but I believe it's the right thing to do in making those adjustments. Uh, get us caught up on uh, what's kind of transpired the last few hours uh, with your organization. Well, uh, as a league, collectively, we just, you know, put out some feelers and see how everybody was feeling about – Starting on August 15th, which was our league's original start date for the Jamboree. And collectively, we just came to a decision as a group. It wasn't a great idea to try that. So we pushed it back um, to start Labor Day weekend instead, September 5th. Um, And if things turn for the better here in the near future, we can do some showcase games starting August 15th, those first three weeks that we – basically wiped out we can do showcase games those weeks if things turn for the better um if not then of course hopefully um you know september 5th we can you know we'll be good to go it's it's still tentative nothing's in stone even with the september 
15, but, you know, just trying to get something in order. And like we always discuss on the show, man, these kids' safety is the most important thing no matter what. Um, so if the numbers are sky rising and then the high school league has suspended workouts in most counties for the next two weeks, so it just made sense to go ahead and just postpone the youth season. We're live right now with the commissioner for the South Carolina Youth Football Association here at Southern Sports Central. We don't just dive in to one league. We try to keep our hands in all the leagues, and it starts with the young guys and girls as we, of course, are with the commissioner, Jay Williams. They have made the announcement that they are going to delay the season opener. Now, uh, Commission, does that mean that practices, uh, and, and I want to make sure that they understand, has practices stopped or, or where are you guys right now with the meetings and the practices and everything going forward? Well, everyone should be following their particular county's, um, their particular county's high school decision. So I know, for example, if you're in Berkeley County, and this is just using Berkeley for example, Berkeley hasn't shut anything down. Their numbers haven't skyrocketed. So Berkeley County teams can still participate in workouts if they would like. Um, Dorchester County and Charleston County got the message that they've been shutting down, so we expect those teams to follow accordingly uh, for their high school county. So it's on a county-by-county basis, of course, um, and that's how we're handling it. I'll tell you, and again, that's a tough thing here because, again, somebody's got to deliver that information and, Jay, you've delivered so much great information here on the show. And I know that you've done the same to the coaches and the players and the parents. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we asked baseball coaches and the, and, and the sports programs when they came on, these coaches, how was it, you know, when you had to make that, uh, make that call. But when you talk to these coaches, uh, what type of communication are you informing these guys? Hey, look, even though you might not be working out if you're in Charleston County or Dorchester County or – even upstate, again, you know, Greenville's been hit really hard. Columbia and that area has been hit hard with this uh, restraints and things like that. But are you encouraging your coaches to stay in contact with these young kids and making sure that, hey, we're not just sitting at home and, and, and staying on those video games? Of course. I mean, uh, there's a lot of things these kids can still do at home while practicing social distancing um, to stay in shape. I mean, you can work out at your own home and, you know, be in your own little bubble and not worry about catching COVID if you're not around anyone. Um, so, yes, definitely encourage these coaches to stay in contact um, and constant communication with their players because hopefully, and we're praying, brother, this thing clears up. And if that is the case, you, those players are going to be the ones that fulfill your team for you. So you're going to need them, you know, at the end of the day. So you don't want to lose out on them or lose communication with them or anything like that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Live right now, the commissioner, Jay Williams, joining us just a little bit early. He's got a lot going on between different counties that he oversees between the leagues over there with the South Carolina Youth Football Association. If you were maybe not around some type of social uh, opportunity to hear yesterday, man, it was like an earthquake with uh, the remnant effects of an aftershock. And it started actually a week ago in Greenville, worked its way through the Columbia area, and then finally made its way up there to the Grand Strand, and here comes Charleston County, Dorchester County, and like you said, the only county that I haven't heard anything from was Berkeley County, and that's the county on the other side of the interstate from where we're located here at the studio, so from what I guess you gather, and I know you do a lot of stuff over at Woodland High School as well, which is Dorchester County, 
But but is it true that I guess Berkeley's kind of keeping things together? Now, I know they've canceled at Berkeley High School practice for tomorrow, but that has nothing to do with anything other than the 4th of July is the day after. Yeah, I, um, from everything I understand, it's still – they're still, you know, in phase 1.5, and uh, everything's still a go um, with that from my understanding. I, I, I don't think anything changed with that except for, like you say, they're canceling tomorrow. We just I think this is my assumption because the Fourth of July weekend I haven't been confirmed that in any way. But I mean that's just my educated assumption. That's the only reason they canceled that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Live with the commissioner here. Uh, just a couple more minutes, uh, Commissioner. I know you said you had some engagements that we need to get you to, of course. Uh, as you uh, just heard, they've kind of prolonged and, and, and delayed the start of the season. Again, not saying there's not a season. Just saying we're trying to do the best that we can to make the right moves in the right ways. And I'm going to tell you something, Jay, I would not want to be in your shoes right now because, again, why you want to do what you can do to get these young boys and girls on the field to either play or cheer or do whatever they do for the league and for their teams, you got to make that hard decision as a parent, as a coach, as a leader of this program and say, you know what, sometimes the hardest decision isn't one that they like. And, again, I'm sure you heard a lot of sighs from your coaches uh, when you said, well, guys, it looks like we're just going to, Pump the brakes. We're not going to stop the car, but we're definitely going to slow it down a little bit. Uh, to be honest, I, I didn't get any size or, oh, man, we're pushing it back, like any negative feedback, which was a good thing. I think everybody's on the same page that these, first and foremost is these kids' most important thing. So um, it's, it's un, normally you don't get 30 organizations on the same page with anything. Um, just right. just having 30 different personalities, you normally don't have that. But, I mean, it's been no negative feedback. And it kind of gives, the way that we did it, it kind of gives the best of both worlds. If everything's cleared up on August 15th, there's still opportunities for those that are ready to play, chance to play at events. So, and then those that need more time because they had to shut down during COVID, you still have more time. So I think it gave everybody the best of both worlds. Um, and it has been no negative feedback. I mean, everybody understand why the decision was made. It was made for a valid reason and a valid reason only. Um, looking at a positive note of this situation, it does give us time to kind of reach out to some of these other areas that have not jumped on board. Um, it extended that time, so if they want to try to get programs off the ground, they can. So just looking at the positive of this thing, and that's one of the things that you can take away from this, is that it gives other programs a chance to play a little catch-up and get involved if they're wanting to now that we're pushing the season back, the start of the season back. No doubt about it. Live right now for our 6.30 edition, just a little bit earlier here to kick off the show, we bring it in fashion with Jay Williams, the commissioner from the South Carolina Youth Football Association, announcing, of course, the delay of the start of the season and they are going to continue to do the right thing, and that is follow the guidelines per county, per team, per area. And, again, I cannot tell you enough, Jay, I tip my cap to you on behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central for doing what we truly believe is the right thing. Again, it takes us all to get this thing underway. And, you know, when, when Twitter offers you an edit button, if everybody puts on a face mask or a mask of some sort, you know, it's got to be pretty serious. Man, that's the only thing Twitter doesn't give you is an opportunity to edit it after you send it. Right. And, I mean, like you said, if everybody can put on the face mask now, 
and we can try to right the wrong as far as the way we've been doing the thing and treating it like it's not in existence, uh, we do get a chance to right this wrong, and we can have these, not just the youth everywhere, play football. I've I seen you share the post today. I can't remember if it was in a group or just on your Facebook page that Georgia's numbers are skyrocketing, and they're going into inner squad scrimmages. And that to me just shows that you, you don't have these kids' safety as your top priority if that is the case of what's occurring. So, yeah, that was that was definitely something that they came out yesterday, that they broke a record yesterday in Georgia. And then right in around that same time, they announced that they are going to allow inner, inner teams. Again, they're not going to take their teams and go play the school down the street. They're going to stay within each other, but they're still within each other. I mean, again, you know, uh, Georgia was one of the last states that opened up. They were one of the or closed down. They were one of the first to open up. We were right there with them, unfortunately. But uh, it, it's frustrating, and, and it is what it is. So I, I, I'm glad to see yesterday our governor uh, here in the state of South Carolina, McMaster, said, look, if you do not control this situation, I will shut down. We will not play college football. We will not play high school football in this state come the uh, the fall season. And trust me, I think that got everybody's attention as, as much as it's sad to say. Uh, first time we failed at doing this. This is our second go around, Jay, and hopefully uh, second time's a charm. I guess we'll, we'll wait here in a couple of weeks to find out. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be an easy task. I mean, we both know it's going to be a hard task, and I don't expect it to just go away. But we can't have the numbers continue to rise. We should be on the decline at this point of this pandemic. So we definitely need the numbers to start coming down. And I think that will change mindsets. But as long as they continue to rise, it's, I mean, the governor had no choice, in my opinion, to make that call. And like you were saying, you know, being on top of something, someone's got to make that tough call sometimes. And he was the one that had to make that one. So, um, I definitely appreciate him making that, and I know a lot of these high school seniors appreciate him, you know, coming out on the limb and saying that because those are the ones that, I mean, they don't get any do-overs. Like, we're getting a do-over with this COVID situation, but these high school seniors, this is their upcoming senior year. You don't get a second one. Um, Anybody else still has the opportunity to play youth football again or to play school football, even the juniors. They still have one more year, but these high school seniors is who – I fear for if this thing doesn't calm down and these kids lose out on opportunity to play their senior year. Right. And, uh, you know, you start to think about it. This was released, Jay. I know this is a little bit different, but this does affect, you know, those in Alabama. You know, reports coming out of Alabama that there are people throwing parties, coronavirus parties, where they pay out when uh, one gets infected. I mean, to me, I, I don't understand it. Again, it's a total different conversation. But, again, it, if it filters into – you know, one, it goes to two to three to four, and, and that number continues to rise, and it's things like this. And, and even, I'm going to be honest with you, even the 707, you know, I get there's some guys that went to the state of Georgia this past weekend or a couple weekends ago and uh, and played 707s. There's a few guys that I've seen on social media going down the state of Florida playing 707. Guys, not a good idea. It's just not a good idea. I get we're hungry for to, to play, but do you want to rather play today and not play tomorrow? Because that's what you're jeopardizing. You're jeopardizing the game today for your big season tomorrow. Because you're not going to get a scholarship playing a seven on seven. Jay, your thoughts on that? 
I totally agree. I, I would echo everything you just said. Um, you know, and I know we see the professional sports attempting to come back, and a lot of them starting up in this month of uh, July here shortly, but they're all in a bubble. And all the added precautions and everything that they're taking to make sure that these players don't catch corona and that their numbers don't skyrocket. And you still see reports if you're watching Sports Center or following sports that a few players are still catching it. Now, their numbers are not extremely high because they have the tools and the capability of putting everybody in a bubble and stopping the spread as much as possible. Well, that's what we have to do well, by the means that we have. We don't have the means of professional sports, but you have the means to wear your mask and practice social distancing and keep yourself in that bubble so it doesn't spread. Going to play a 707 tournament in Florida with people from all over the country is not keeping us in a bubble. I mean, it's that's just the complete opposite of keeping us in a bubble and trying to uh, slow this thing down. Like you have to expect if you're going to make a drastic move like that, that someone's going to catch the virus, and multiple people are going to catch it if you do something of that nature. Because I'm pretty sure everybody that went down there didn't get tested like these professional sports are doing. They're having tests once a day, multiple tests a day sometimes to make sure that they keep their numbers down. I mean, with 707, these kids probably just went down there and played football. Hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly what you see. And, again, I see dads that are excited, finally some football. Look, I'm telling you, I cannot stress it enough. Stop it. Stop playing. Relax. Get in your backyard with your son. Maybe throw a little catch. But that, that that's about as far as it needs to go for right now. Again, you don't have to uh, – I don't even want to get into it, Jay, because I can sit here and go off on about 30,000 people that have become Facebook doctors uh, and say this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day – as long as there's one life lost, as long as there's a few good numbers out there that, that we're seeing a rapid, you know, growth, right? I mean, the difference between the flu and COVID is that they've got something to help you with the flu. They don't have anything to help you over here. And that's what makes it the difference, right? So, uh, you know, right at this point, at this juncture, the governor of South Carolina has not one point has any doubt that if it doesn't get better today, there will be no football tomorrow. So that's as plain as it gets. That's as real as it gets, and if that doesn't wake up the ones who need to be woke up, then, then so be it. But, Jay, uh, we want to say to you and your family, uh, enjoy this, this weekend. I know it's, a, it, it's usually a busy weekend for a lot, but, hey, in Somerville, if you go out, you got to wear that mask, and uh, I've had to wear it all week in the streets. I'm down in Charleston, and it's been mandatory all week down there, and uh, it's hard to breathe, man. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, so I think I'm going to be celebrating the 4th and uh, the weekend here at the house. But uh, I do wish you and your family a, a safe weekend, and uh, we'll do it again next Thursday. All right, yeah, I'll be doing the same, brother. I'll be celebrating in the house with family. But, yeah, stay safe and keep the family safe, and uh, we'll be back next Thursday, regular time, 630 next week. You got it, buddy. God bless. Take care. We'll talk soon. All right, you too. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. There is the commissioner in and out as he uh, has to head out. He's got a 6.30 engagement. So he said, Rich, can I come in early? I really want to make sure we get the news out that we're doing some things a little bit differently. Uh, I said, no worries. We'll start with you. And then Eugene and I will pick it up from 6.30 to 7 before we bring in funky Cole Messina. That's right, Cole Messina. He is a catcher from Somerville. He plays with a massive, impressively, I would say, uh, all-American travel ball team with the Canes. And uh, these guys travel better than some minor league ball teams I've seen 
uh, some of their equipment, and I've seen the bus that they get. Oh, my gosh, it's impressive. But uh, he's a top 50 baseball player in the country, and uh, we're very fortunate to have him right here in our backyard in Somerville. So he'll join us at 7 o'clock uh, as scheduled. Go to a quick break. We're going to come back. I'm going to bring in Eugene with me. He's been quietly handling our social media. You can follow us on Twitter at SO Sports Central and on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. Of course, we're hanging out on Instagram, the IG, or doing our thing at Southern Sports Central. Of course, all of it being brought to you live right here on Blog Talk Radio. If you didn't hear us earlier, we will be at the factory on Tuesday because we will not do a show on Sunday. This is going to be a long weekend for all of us to spend with our family and uh, just uh, relax a little bit, take a three-day vacay. But when we come back on the air on Tuesday night, Eugene and I will take a trip to the gym. That's right. We're going to the factory sports and fitness Training studios will be right there on their property at 5913 Loftus Road in Hanahan, South Carolina. Quick break, come back. I'm bringing in Eugene. we got a lot to cover for 30 solid minutes, guys. You want to hang out? Call in. Come on, join us. 323-784-9681. Again, the lines are open for the next 30 minutes. 323-784-9681. Eugene, tweet that out. Other than that, we'll be right back, guys. And now, for the first time in our show, is there anybody who doesn't remember the four
Back everybody, I'm Rich Young alongside Eugene Benton here, coming to you live from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios in Somerville, South Carolina. This is Southern Sports Central, right here on Blog Talk Radio. If you want to join us now live, you can do that by calling 323-784-9681. Again, the number to call in is 323-784-9681. That's the number to get in here, hang out with us, and talk a little sports. Meanwhile, Eugene, let me bring you in, brother. First of all, uh, Good afternoon. Of course, I usually try to bring you in at the beginning, but Jay uh, threw a little bit of a audible at us, and we accommodate him as always as we need to keep up with the youth. And, uh, man, again, these guys having to do what everybody else is doing across the country and across the state, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, I was sitting there hitting the buttons, and all of a sudden I, I saw a, a number already on the line, and I was like, oh, boy, what's going on? So then, uh, you know, when he kicked over, I realized we, we had an audible situation, and so – you know what it is, man. You just uh, send in a hand signal, and um, quarterback calls a new play. And so that's what we did. But, uh, you know, it, it's all cool, man. It's been a great day. It's been a beautiful day. I know we had a little bit of storms roll through. But uh started the morning with a nice kicking lesson with a very, very young man. Um, he was hoping he was in that youth league for the uh, representing um, Ashley Ridge. And uh, he actually hit his first uh, – about 21 yarder today and it was in a situation where I put pressure on him and I was kind of clapping behind him and counting down from 10 seconds from the time he set the ball. And uh, his dad had, unbeknownst to me, was filming it. And uh, the kid put it over the crossbar and between the pipes. And uh, it was a pretty good moment for the kid, man. He just, he felt like after a very frustrating uh, last lesson that it all come together. And it was just kind of cool to see him, you know, experience that and have that feeling of, you know, I worked hard, worked hard, battled back, and I put it over the bar in between the pipes, and that was pretty cool. His dad actually emailed, uh, texted me the video a little while ago. We went to kickoffs, and like I said, he, he's only uh, 11 years old. He kicked it off today. Uh, he had a long of about 34 yards. So, you know, it was pretty cool, man, just watching him develop and, and all that stuff. So it's a, it's a heck of a way to have a cup of coffee and start your day with, uh, you know, impacting and, and seeing something positive with a young man like that. And uh, just been uh, catching up on work and things like that. And, then, you know, uh, following along, you did a great job today sh- setting up the show. So all I had to do was click, like, and retweet and things like that. And so just uh, ready to hit the buttons and get this thing going. Ready to see uh, – ready to talk to Cole, man. You know, I think he might be a guy. I don't th- you know, I, I know Tori told us he, he doesn't sign up amateur guys coming out. But uh, that might be a guy you might want to make an exception for. He might be a top pick in the draft. Yeah, he should be a guy that that I, without doubt, if he went into the draft today, if he went into it, uh, you know, I, I think he would definitely uh, get picked up pretty early. Now, with it, with everything going on, it, it definitely alters it with no minor leagues and things like that. But this kid is, he's the real deal. Cole Messina, of course, one of the top 50 ball players in the country, not just in the state of South Carolina. He's got to be number one if he's number 50 in the country. But uh, Cole Messina, of course, going to join us at 7 o'clock. Uh, then, like I mentioned, Ben Hampton. Uh, Coach Hampton is going to come in here from Sacristy. So we'll head up to the Grand Strand. We'll take the party bus up there, get him to jump on and do a virtual one-on-one with uh, Coach Hampton, as they call him up there on the Grand Strand. He played his football, by the way. I think he was a fullback or halfback 
at Coastal Carolina back in the day. So that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, what better way to follow up than a teammate? That's right, Perry Parks, who is at Ridgeview High School up in Columbia, was teammates with him at Coastal Carolina. But he's now the head coach up there at Ridgeview High School. And uh, he'll talk to us about what he's been doing uh, there with his horses up there in Ridgeview. Of course, he also, Perry Parks also does a all-star event up there, the Metro Bowl. And I'm curious to see if that's going to take place uh, with everything going on. So there's a lot to cover with those guys. And, of course, like I mentioned, Ken Brown, 830, wrapping up the show with us from the High School Blitz. He's from the Upstate. We've partnered Southern Sports Central and the High School Blitz to make it, um, you know, I, I would say like an NWO, the New World Order of, uh, of sports here in the uh, Palmetto State. Of course, we're doing all that we can uh, to promote all the local athletes, the guys and the girls, both of them, and every sport they can play in, we're trying to promote them, even though we do a lot of football stuff here. Um, and we also are very fortunate uh, to get in here with uh, multiple athletes. And this, by the way, and, and changing gears, not really, but talking about a young man who committed just, I believe it was yesterday, to the University of Southern California, and that's USC on the West Coast, is Jalen Smith. Now, Jalen Smith is a junior out there at Compton. He's up there in, 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 around outside Los Angeles, California. He came on the show with his dad, who happy birthday, by the way, to Mr. Smith. Today's his birthday. Came in here, joined us, talked to us about what's going on, and uh, – all the fun things that are happening with him. So with that being said, he yesterday commits to Southern California, and I thought, man, how cool is that? This young man who was part of, by the way, Coach Snoop, right? Snoop Dogg has his own uh, show there on Netflix. This is one of his kids, Eugene, but to have him have that success yesterday, and you saw his mom and his family there. He did it Facebook Live, and, uh, of course, we shared it on our page over there at Southern Sports Central on Facebook. We did a lot of stuff with him. Uh, on Twitter, but uh, he's hoping to join us on Tuesday night to tell us why he picked that school. And again, I, I think this is a trend. I think, and you've already seen it with a lot of kids that have come on here who are seeing that they have offers today and they have no idea what tomorrow brings. They're going ahead and getting it done. JJ did it, uh, of course, going to North Carolina. The young man that mentioned when we asked him what's his favorite thing to do, he said, Reed Cameron. Yeah, that guy, he actually committed to Navy about two weeks ago. So you're seeing the trend where these kids aren't holding on to offense. They're going ahead, they're doing their homework, and they're getting that recruiting part out of their life because they feel like maybe that's one less stressful thing they have to worry about, Eugene. Yeah, no doubt. And it's, um, I'm interested to hear what he has to say. But, you know, and one thing I, I noticed, too, and um, I think Reg and I alluded to it one night, uh, that might have been the night you were traveling, was, you know, when it came down to recruiting. If you remember, uh, before 9-11, so this is in the 90s, uh, especially the late 90s, the, large, the school that had the largest recruiting budget in the entire country was the University of Tennessee. Uh, right behind them was Florida State, uh, I think in Texas. And the guys, if you looked at their roster, you know, back then Tennessee used to have quarterbacks from the state of California. They used to have, you know, running backs from the state of Washington, Arizona, New Mexico, you name it. After 9-11, more and more parent, uh, kids started to stay a little bit closer to home. You know, and they started to say, well, you know, my, my mom, my dad, my grandma, et cetera, they can drive and come see me play. That became this new trend right after 9-11 where, you know, people wanted to stay as close as they could to home but go to what they thought was the best program possible. And, of course, this isn't for every situation, but it's for a lot of situations. Um, and then I think it, it, you probably will see a lot of the similar things. 
especially when you know this past semester colleges were in full 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 run full bore you know they were in the first days you know day one day two for some college programs with their spring practice so you're talking mid-semester some some schools hadn't even gone to spring break yet and all of a sudden boom you're out of there no coming back and so i think a lot of people look at you know what's the best opportunity i can get as close to home as i can be and some of that like i said was for family reasons i think you know to have family be able to come see you play you know, if you need if you need help, you need to get home, you need to check on somebody, or you just want to go home for the weekend, it's a lot easier if you can jump in a car and uh, drive a couple hours or, you know, someone come get you. And like I said, Reggie and I were talking about that, and uh, the big thing came up was, you know, if they gave these players enough money for a plane ticket, it's easier to sell a kid to go to Southern Cal, you know, from Georgia because they know they got plane tickets anytime they want to come home or at least a couple times a semester. They don't have that. I think a lot of kids are looking at staying close. Um, you know, Southern Cal hasn't been the Southern Cal, not like it was when Pete Carroll was running Southern Cal. But, again, it's still one of those blue blood programs. You're going to be on TV. If you show out, you got a chance to go, you know, for a Heisman or something like that. And so, um, you know, it, it's not a bad opportunity. It's right there. You know, he, he's from the L.A. area. So, again, they don't have to travel very far. He gets an elite education. Uh, it's Pac-12 football. It's a blue blood program. It's a win-win. Yeah, no doubt about that, Eugene. And, and I think you, you, of course, we all alluded on it. And, and of course, with you and um, you know, just the other day when we uh, were having a conversation about these young men that are deciding to stay a little bit closer to home. I know, you know, I, I have conversations with Kenny Solomon, who is a Socrates High School graduate. He's a starting, by the way, uh, was a starting true freshman at the Tennessee. You know, Tennessee is not – far but it's not close it's kind of halfway between man that's a little bit more of a plane ride than a drive but nevertheless it, they make it work and and the expenses of it are there of course you have to think about that it's not cheap to get in the car even though it has been cheaper the last since covid began the gas prices have still kind of stayed under two dollars which that's uh, pretty impressive i mean it got almost at like 120 at one point here in the state of south carolina but you know, I, I think you guys are all right when you, when you start to kind of put it all together for these guys and girls to look at that they can stay a little bit closer to home. And there's a lot of positive uh, with J.J. going to, to, to North Carolina. His family can make that trip to go and watch him. And uh, you look at, uh, of course, South Carolina, Clemson. You know, they kind of do what they do. But now for Clemson, Clemson, they don't stay in the state of South Carolina very much. And I wonder, is this going to open that opportunity for them uh, or maybe kind of force that hand a little bit because the kids that are in California, in Louisiana, in Alabama, now you're going to start to see these kids, instead of going outside of their state, they're going to stay home. And, and they're going to try to do something a little bit closer to where they are from. And there is, I, I think the the two things I look at it, one is I, I think you look at the affordability there. That's, that's one, Eugene. But the other one is, you know, families are getting closer together now than they've been in a long time by force maybe not by uh, choice or more so by design. So now that bond is getting tighter. So you're seeing these kids who at one point social media and, and, and the worldly things that we were doing was pulling family further and further away. Well, COVID-19 has done what? It's shoved us all back in the house. And at five o'clock when, when moms and dads are done working on their laptops and the children are done working on their millions of electronic devices and, and people go for a walk, everybody goes for a walk. You're seeing families play catch in the front yard for the first time. I can tell you 
you know, where I live at, I didn't realize we had half as many kids in the neighborhood until COVID came out. It was like, wow, okay, you got kids. I didn't know two or three of the people had spouses. I mean, it was just, you learned a lot about a lot of people. But, you know, I talked to a coach today who played football at Dillon. He coaches uh, up there in the Columbia area. He reached out to us. And, uh, you know, that's the one thing that he had mentioned with his kids. He's a defensive back coach up that way. And he said, you know, Richie, the one thing for me that, that I can tell you that I was able to do was, you know, really spend quality time with my family because, unfortunately, as a football coach and things that we have to do, things were pulling us in different directions. And I think you're seeing that now. And I, and I think that their decisions are, are being put uh, to the test as well. And, you know, you start to wonder – you know, what if, you know, and again, I know that there's about three or four choices, Eugene, uh, of what may or may not happen, you know, come uh, the, the fall. And, and I know Texas, uh, a couple coaches, and, and I've been told maybe it's a, a private school coach or maybe it's a public school coach. I could care less if it's a little league coach, for that matter. If it's somebody trying to be proactive to the situation, I tip my captain, then rather than you sitting on social media saying, well, it can't happen. Okay, well, why don't you tell me why it can't happen? And, again, I'm going to push this over and over and over again. If we're in pre- unprecedented times, I need an unprecedented leader. I need a true leader, somebody that's a doer, okay, somebody that tells me why you can, not why I can't. And, and there's a lot of, lot of that can't, right? I can't never did, right? And, and that's something as athletes, we were told that growing up as young people. You know, I guess that everybody's going to have some hiccup, some opportunity of what they can and can't do. Now, I know that the, the, the coaches in the state of South Carolina have all had some conversations, or at least a handful of coaches have. I know there is a plan in place that should be giving up, if it hasn't already, to the high school league and say, look, here's a plan that we feel that would work. And if it's passed, it's football. If it's not passed, then we go back to the drawing board. But it's not going to be – even with that, Eugene, I don't think we see the same season that we've had in the years of past. I think this year is going to be an altered season. I personally feel like it's just going to be a region season, maybe with a game or two extra. I think you ought to do it kind of like a bowl game to where you can get some sponsorships and you can do some kind of a neater thing. And, and again, if you're not going to play for a four game and then a championship, do like a bowl game and do the bowl game to where it's against a region on the other side. So for, for this side, it would be Dorchester County and, and the two or three schools that are, are there a couple of schools that are in the Charleston County and the, and the region that Somerville and Fort Dorchester and Ashley Ridge are in. They would play a bowl game against somebody on the other side of the interstate, which would be that Berkeley and a few other schools in that region, which is usually what Cane Bay and Stratford and Goose Creek and Berkeley and Wanda. So again, you know, there are ways to keep this at least somewhat of, of a season with some excitement. And then what you can do is with that bowl game, you get a few sponsors. Maybe you get Belk involved. Maybe you get, you know, uh, some of these local businesses involved and, and we get some shirts made and kind of treat it like you did at college. I mean, again, you got to give me some answers. You got to give me at least some options here, guys. We're not just talking about what we can't do. All right. What we can't do is, is, is get this thing under control. That's what we can't do. All right. That's the problem. All right. And wearing the mask is, is like, it's awful. I mean, it's better than, than, than what we're seeing. But then again, you know, it is what it is. Eugene, your thoughts on doing it a, a smaller season, again, that would be basically the region play, four or five games. And, and I've heard a couple of games after that, but I like just doing a bowl game to where, let's say, number one and finishes in this region plays against somebody in a competitive region in this one. 
and they and again they play maybe on a neutral side or something. I don't know, but again, get creative so that these kids have at least some film heading into what could be their final season as seniors. No, I mean my personal belief, if that's what we're you know discussing here, I, I think we should have a full season. Uh, my only concern is the kid and schedule wise or like Buford High School. I think it's Buford. The first two games are against Georgia teams. I know they're going to happen. So maybe uh, some things to get moved around. Um, but I really think the kids need to have a full season. I think we can, uh, as an adults, can make it happen, can make things work. If they have to start September 15th, so be it. If it has to end in you know, December 15th, so be it. Things, things can move. People can move. We have to be resilient. We have to be willing to make changes. Uh, adults have to be willing to make sacrifices. And that sacrifice on your time, on your schedule, whatever it is, uh, the end goal is, you know, letting these kids have the best high school experience there is. Uh, I firmly believe in that. Uh, I have been well aware of situations where kids who were uh, a college was looking at film and they needed, I think they, the, whatever, I, I can't remember the exact number, whatever it was, it was like nine games of film and the kid was hurt and only had eight games of film and that kid got passed up. You know, if we do a four games or five games and, you know, Georgia's running 12 games schedules, we're already behind those team, those states in recruiting anyway. Let's not give them another advantage by the kids sitting sitting at home um, and, and whatnot. And, you know, the, there are a majority uh, of pediatricians. There's actually a pediatrician-run organization in this state that said the kids need to be back in the classroom. They need that help, uh, that exercise. They need the sport not just for health reasons, but for mental health reasons. Uh, sometimes your mental health can really control your physical health. And a lot of doctors, uh, I know some of them quite personally, um, have said that, you know, the mental health will go a long way with how a kid, either if they're exposed or, or come down with it, how they recover. Because a lot of it has to do mental health. Like your mental health can control your physiological health uh, was the term that she had said. And I just, you know, I, I'm going to say, you know, I know a lot of people respect uh, some of the national advisors, but you know what? They, to me, when it comes down to it, uh, I take my kid to see a doctor here. That doctor lays hands on my child, uh, and I'm going to go with their opinion. So if the pediatricians in South Carolina are saying, you know, we need to let it go or, or we need to play, we need to do that, then, I'm gonna, then I, I agree with that. And, uh, again, what I watched the Senate hearings yesterday. Uh, Senator uh, Rand Paul from Kentucky asked Dr. Fauci, who's the, you know, has been regarded as one of the leading people on this whole COVID thing, uh, specifically put him on the record and said, do the kids need to be back in school and, and can they play sports? And Dr. Fauci said yes, and that they need to be out there playing the now, sports. Well, let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this. I, and I hear you, and, and, and you're getting, I'm sure, applauses from, from thousands of people because that's what we want to hear. But, but realistically, and, and I get that, and I, and I understand that. I've actually had this conversation with Joe Call and a few other coaches around the state and even a few around the country. And, and, and again, realistically, I mean, are, are we willing to take a chance of putting these kids in a classroom and one kid, all it takes is one, one kid to get this disease, one kid to get this virus, whatever you want to call it, and, and, and his immune system is compromised, and he dies from it, she dies from it, and I don't want to speak it into existence, but I'm putting it into a conversation play. She gets sick, he gets sick, they die. There's a kid right now in the upstate of Greenville who went, if I'm not mistaken, 
to either Georgia or Florida, played a 707 game, and he is in the he is in bad shape. He has been tested positive for coronavirus, the COVID nineteen, whatever it is this week, and his health is deteriorating at a rapid pace. A, it could be multiple things. But the one thing that's attached to this young man is COVID nineteen. Do you want to be that coach? You want to be that administrator. And and I get you, Eugene. I understand what you're telling me, but I'm going to tell you something. For a man that has spent multiple times in Somerville at Fort Dorchester, at Ashy Ridge, and some other schools, Saka Steve, just to name a few coaches that are, are schools that allow me to walk through during different things on Friday night football lights and things like that, they can't keep these kids off each other with nothing going on. You think, an honest to God, that they can keep these kids away from each other in a Redford deal? And I get you're going to say, well, they're going to do an A schedule and a B schedule. That's great, and it sounds great, but you got that many kids at Wando, that many kids at Somerville, that many kids at Dorman. I mean, those are the top three schools in the state. And then let's talk about the school buses. Who's going to put that much gas in a school bus to keep going back to that same block that's got 50 kids that get on that bus and then they, because they're going to have to socially distance? It's a lot bigger than that. And I understand everybody's like, well, what about the football? And there's, again, I think it's going to be really hard. It's hard enough to put them on a football field. For sure. It's easier to maintain and to check these individuals in the sports because it's a smaller number. But when you're talking about putting a kid in a classroom, man, that's, that's, that's a lot of kids to check. And by the time they check each one of them, man, that, that class is up. There's no way. I just don't see it. Not with our numbers that are up and if they're skewed or what, whatever they are, they are what they are right now. And I don't want to risk. I've got, let me tell you this, I've got four kids myself. And I wouldn't put my kids in a classroom right now. That I know. I'm not going to take my son, who's nine years old, who may or may not have a, a, a situation with his immune system that I don't know about because he's only nine. And all of a sudden he catches something? Nope, not me. You have to kind of put it that way. And I understand everybody's like, and if I hear one more person, I'm going to say this. I don't want to hear another person don't matter of fact, don't even tweet it, don't say it. If you think it, keep it to yourself. Do not tell me this is a political disease. Because that's an acidine dumb statement. And if you could walk around and say something as dumb as that, for the love of God, stay home for the next six months and think about what you just said, like your mama would do if you said something stupid. You really well, think there's one thing because there's one thing you just pointed out and I'm agree with you hundred percent. I'm, I'm 100% agree with you, and you said you brought up your four children and what you want for them or what you feel is best for them. That's exactly what I feel about how I feel about kids playing. And you brought up, you know, would a coach do this, would a coach do that. That's why I think the deciders should be the parents. And then the parents should decide, all right, you know what, I'm going to let my kid play this year. Uh, I've weighed everything. Obviously, there's not a person in America who hasn't seen a news report a social media article, a post, a doctor on TV, whatever. I really think if you leave it up to the parents and let the parents decide what's best for their kid, just like you said, you know, what you would do with your four kids. You know, I have two of my own. I've had two stepkids. I have a, a hundred other kids that I love and look out for. I got kids that I train that I love and look out for, you know, and, and really I, even up to them, whether I feel like that kid should be playing or not. Again, it's still up to their parents. You know, before I enroll them in any competition, before we do this, that, and the other, or even talk to a kid about, hey, there's this camp coming up. You know, I go to the parents and say, hey, if you want me to, I'll take them, or we'll all go together, et cetera, et cetera. But again, it, in my opinion, it falls on the parents 
And if we give the parents the decision, just like we do in school choice, just like we do in health care and religion and everything else in their life. Not everybody's got school choice. I get it, but if we give it to the parents, let the parents decide what's best, then I think, you know, when we come to the table and have these discussions about what's up, you know, if you got 90% of the parents saying let the kids play, what does that tell coaches where the people stand? In my opinion. I, I don't know if you're going to get 90% of parents there. I mean, I really don't. I, I, as a matter of fact, and maybe you put that out there on our Twitter page, and you can follow us at SA Sports Central. If you had a child that could play high school sports, would you let him or her play, yes or no? Eugene, we can, we can let that thing run for a while and maybe do it for the next hour or two. We can try to give you the stats at nine, about 8.50 tonight. Uh, but, you know, again, these coaches and, and being a former coach and you've coached as well and, and, and stuff, those kids are just as much my kids on the field as they, the kids I go home to at night. So, so again, I, I get what you're saying, and, and, and I understand, man. Again, I just jumped in when you mentioned putting the kids back in the classroom. Man, that's a whole different can of worms. That's a lot more kids to test. That's a lot more people in contact. That's, just, that's a lot more. You know, and the one thing that you heard Jay from, of course, uh, the South Carolina Youth Football Association, the commissioner, said that the difference between college and these seven-on-sevens is that colleges have a little bit more funds. They're able to separate. I know there's some colleges that have a hotel that they have them in, and what they're doing is they're putting different people on different floors. That's not the case in high school. That is not the case in high school. And, you know, some parents, let's just be honest, they're different than other parents. I'm not going to sit here and pour them out to folk, uh, a mom or a dad, but there's some dads that will win at all costs. You know, they make movies about those kind of guys. I mean, come on. I, I don't know if, and I hate to use little Johnny, man, but poor little Johnny always gets beat up on every conversation as being the bad kid in the room. But little Johnny comes in the room, and he's not feeling well, and dad's like, look, dude, I don't care how bad you feel. This is your senior season, buddy. You need to go out there and ball out. Everybody around you just has to take a chance and hope their immune system can handle it. But you're going to go out there, you're going to give it all you got. Well, guess what little Johnny just did? Little Johnny just combined. He just got everybody in his, in his arms reach six. And then that's the biggest problem right now is that it's just it, – it's a what-if conversation here. And we've got to go to a break here in just a minute. But again, we, we can debate this until – Forever. I mean, really, it's an opinion at the end of the day. Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. The one thing we do know is that, you know, right now there, there's not something that can cure what's going through uh, our, our society, our system, our country, our world, as uh, everybody in the whole world is dealing with the same thing. And it's, it's very – it's just it's, – it's different. I can tell you that. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a tough thing, and there's a lot of nervous parents. Um, you know, I actually – you know, I talk to so many different parents from so many different schools that contact me through cell phone, uh, be it on a phone call, be it through social media, and uh, we'll have these conversations, and, and they ask them, and I talk. And I just tell them, look, I'm just glad I don't have to make that final call because I, I don't care who signs a waiver. I don't care who says, well, it's okay, coach, my kid can play. But all of a sudden that kid plays, he gets sick. Guess what? I bet you it's it, it, number one that parent's still going to hold that coach accountable because they're going to get wrapped up and forgetting that they gave a waiver or whatever. But that coach, all that being set aside, man, that coach is still that kid's supposed to be his mentor, supposed to be that decision maker. I don't think that coach, I don't think that athletic director, I don't think that principal, I don't think the school board, I don't think any of those individuals that are going to make those decisions really going to be the one that makes that decision. I talked to a principal at a local high school in another county two days ago on Tuesday. 
And he said the same thing. He said, man, look, we got a bunch of people that says, I don't give a crap. Let's just do it. That's one thing. But nobody wants to be that guy or that girl to say, look, you can play. It, it is what it is. We'll play. I, I don't see, and I hate to be negative Nancy. I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm struggling seeing the season at all. But I'm definitely not seeing a full season. And as much as we say we like them to make the full season, well, I would like to go to the convenience store after this show and win the lottery. But I'm pretty much not going to win the lottery, but I am going to help somebody get a scholarship and put my money into that fund that they say it goes to. That I know. And, uh, again, you know, we can sit here and debate it to the cows come home. You know, you, you look at Georgia. They have a record-breaking number yesterday, but then they say, okay, interested, you know, between – you guys amongst yourselves can play seven on seven. I, I don't understand it. That's, to me, that's bad leadership. You know, that's bad leadership. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's tough because there's a side of me like you, Eugene, I just want to go, man. Let's just do it. Let's do what we got to do. I mean, there's, there's certain people out there saying that these kids are getting the virus in college on purpose so they can get an immune system built up and all that, and they can get it going. But, but again, when I heard the news this morning, and, and it was – brought to me this morning that a kid in Greenville who plays high school football had gone to a seven-on-seven outside of the state of South Carolina and contracted the virus and is in really bad shape. I mean, he has deteriorated extremely fast. You just don't know. I mean, you don't know until you know. And I hate that saying, but it's as true as it is. You don't know until you know. And, and who's to understand that as a child, you don't know you're allergic to something until you break out, Correct. Well, who's to say you have a bad immune system until it's, well, COVID-19 hits you, and you hit you at the wrong time, at the wrong place, your immune system's weak, and everything follows. You just, again, it's a tough call, man. We do have to take a break, and we'll change gears. We're going to go to the diamond. We're going to go to the baseball field. We'll be joined by the uh, American one here in the low country, of course. Uh, I call him the uh, funky Cole Messina. And, again, uh, Cole Messina is a top 50 player in the country, he is a catcher for the Somerville Green Wave. He's also uh, with the Kane organization, a massive travel ball team nationally known and recognized as they win trophies day in and day out and, again, uh, just continue to do great things. And I believe they were in Alabama, matter of fact, over the weekend. So we'll find out from Cole how that's working now. How are they staying socially distanced? And uh, how are they handling all this exciting publicity that Cole's getting as uh, he'll be joining us here in just a few, guys. A quick break. Come back. We'll talk to Cole Messina. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. You're on the couch, blowing up my phone. You don't want to come out, but you don't want to be alone. It don't take but two to have a little soiree. If you're in the mood, sit tight right where you are, babe. Cause I'll be at your door in ten minutes. Whatever you got on, girl, stay in it. You ain't got to leave the house to have a good time. I'm going to bring the good time home to you. We'll have a
You ain't gotta leave the house to have a good time. I'ma bring the good time home to you. We'll have a house party. We don't need nobody. Turn your TV off. Break that boombox out. We'll wake up all the neighbors till the whole block hates us. And the cops show up and try to shut us down. If you're gonna be a homebody, we're gonna have a house party. If you wanna be a homebody, we're gonna have a house party. Welcome back, everybody. Hour one is done as we want to thank Jay Williams from the South Carolina Youth Football Association joining us for us uh, live early in the show as he uh, does every Thursday. This time joining us right at the top of the hour rather than at 6.30. we get back with him, of course, in the South Carolina Youth Football Association next week. Now we stay right here in Somerville where we get up with one of our own. Of course, over at Somerville High School, he's hitting them out of the park. He's throwing them down from the backside and, of course, uh, doing anything else he can on the diamond. And that is, of course, the man with the plan, Cole Messina. What's up, big man? How you doing? Oh, good, man. So I'm glad we finally got you on the show, man. I tell you, uh, it gave you a proper entrance there with the baseball thing coming in. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get you earlier on Sunday, but, uh, you know, you're out there just hitting dingers and throwing guys out from the backside and second base and, uh, just another day at the office for a guy like you. What's new, man? Nothing much, man. Thanks for having me, that's for sure. So tell me, man, so, so of course, the season cut short. We've had all your teammates, uh, the seniors at least, came in here uh, earlier in the season. And then, of course, uh, this past Sunday, we had a couple more of your ballplayers, your teammates there, and your coaches that joined us here uh, on the show what was it like for you as a junior? You know, I, I get you get to come back for one more year, but to see your seniors, the guys who have worked hard and have been guys that you probably have looked up to, you know, the Brody Hopkins, of course, and Mr. Palmer and some of those other guys that you've seen really kind of put in the work and kind of set the, the way for you as a junior class to come up and take over the team. What did it mean for you to see that season cut short, brother? Um, it was heartbreaking because those guys have put – put work in day in and day out since they were in seventh grade just to try and make the high school team. And it's just, it just sucks to see them not be able to go out with the bang. Of course, we're live right now with Cole Messina. You guys uh, may recognize this cat as uh, he's about everywhere. When you mention high school baseball, you mentioned the Canes, which is the team we're going to talk about here in just a minute as you're lighting it up on that level as well. But he is a top 50 player in the country uh, and uh, he has uh, committed to the University of South Carolina. He's going to be a Gamecock. Uh, everything continues to go that it go- goes the way it does. He committed uh, – Cole, you committed, what, was it last year or the year before? Um, I think it, it was two years ago today, actually. Look at there. How about that? Check that box, Eugene. 
Uh, nice. So everything, see how God works, man. We get you in here two years ago to the day he committed to the Gamecocks. And, uh, of course, their baseball program, pretty daggum good, and uh, he's going to be a part of that. Uh, now, when you talk about everything at Somerville, and we're going to transition to all three stages uh, as uh, we'll, we'll wrap this part up with the Somerville conversation, but a, a, another program that you're a part of, the tradition at Somerville, very, very thick, the resumes that, that you've seen, the kids that have come out of there. One, matter of fact, T.J. Hopkins, who was a former uh, young man who has done great things. Now he plays with the Cincinnati Reds. They've got a coach on the staff that was a player at Somerville, also won a state championship. And, well, there's a pitcher that you caught that's also on that roster over there, man. Uh, tell us uh, about some of the guys that you played with that, that kind of, uh, that, that kind of, I guess, pushed you to get better and better every day, even when it was tougher and maybe the rain came down, but you knew you had to put the work in the weight room. Um, so we'll start my seventh grade year. It was Sawyer Bridges, Bo Gobin, um, Brock Tobin, all those guys when they won it in 2016, those guys just, just set the example that like, your work is what's going to come out on the field. So if you work hard, it's just going to it's going to correlate onto the field. And then moving through the years, it was Johnny Cook, Daniel Lloyd, um, Brody Hopkins. All those guys just kept pushing me and pushing me to just to make me better. Now, of course, uh, you, you mentioned the, the state championship. He's been part of this program since his seventh grade year. This kid has been a man child, and I can tell you. The Messina family has uh, well, had to feed you, even as a seventh grader. I remember you and my oldest son are the same age. You guys went through, I believe, Oak Brook together. Now you're doing big things in Somerville. But, you know, you've always been the bigger kid, man, but you've always lived up to your height. Well, what's it like, man? Everybody sees you come on the field, even in the little league field, where you've always been expected to do big things, but you've always not only lived up to that height, you've kind of set your own bar, which is a lot higher than anybody else they can put on you. Yes, sir. I mean, it's just – I just have to go on the field and just play my game just to to please myself more than everyone else, just lead the team, do whatever the team needs to win. Now, of course, uh, you and I have, have a pretty solid relationship uh, because I have an opportunity to see you over there at the school. And, and the way you handle yourself in the hallways to the way you are a five-star kid in the classroom and the community here in Somerville, you know, you, you don't go anywhere. You don't go anywhere. matter of fact, I would think anywhere in the low country, but definitely when you're here – in our backyard here in Somerville, man, everybody knows, hey, that's Colt Messina, man. You handle yourself at first class. You always, of course, opening doors for, you know, the people behind you. I always see these kind of things. Tell us a little bit about how important that is, not only for what you do on the field, but the kind of man that you've become off the field. Um, it just goes back to what my parents used to preach to me is no one cares how good you are on the field. It's all about how you are off the field. So, I mean, I just hold that – I just hold myself really accountable off the field to set – a good example for my family and all the all the other kids that are just kind of looking over and watching me. So I just want to set a good example for those people. Now, of course, you're going to be a senior this year, and there's a young man that's trailing you pretty good, but he's coming off the mound, and you're behind the plate. Your big little brother, if you will, there is having a standout summer season with the Canes. I watched him throw some gas, I believe it was last weekend, and the kids having now, what, two good weekends in a row over there with the Canes, but uh, you know, what is it like for you? I talk to Brody all the time about having a big brother like TJ, and TJ actually came on the air with me the same night you did, actually, when we were at Berkeley, and uh, had the conversation of the pressure that you have when you're the bigger brother. What's it like for you? Not only do you have 
a little brother. You've got a little sister that's quite the baller as well in the softball field. Man, it's just it's just unreal to see that my brother is also succeeding, and it's not just me. Like, I've told my parents over and over again how proud I am of him and how just how awesome he's doing, and I'm just so happy for him. And I don't think he ever quit smiling. He's like the most smiling young man I've ever seen. Uh, definitely a fumble. I mean, the kid's always got a big smile on his face. Of course, so is his little sister as well. Like I mentioned, she's an athlete, a house full of athletes. So with the season cut short, Cole, and, and now you get a chance to go play with the Canes League. And I said this uh, earlier in hour one, man, you guys have a better transportation bus than most single-A baseball programs I've seen coming <laughs> around Charleston, just around the world, man. I mean, holy moly, what a, what a great opportunity for you. The equipment is First class, of course, Will Chitty, one of the best at what he does at taking pictures. He's traveling around, so you guys aren't missing any memories there neither. What's it like to, to play on such a prestige program team, a well-decorated with the trophies and the awards and the wins? But talk about the players that you get to play with, not just here in the low country, man, but you're playing with guys from all over the country. Um, man, it's just unreal just because with everything going on in the world with the racism and stuff. I mean, we pl- I play with kids with different backgrounds, different races, different religions, and we just all become family over three months out of the year, and it's just unreal. Those are my guys for life, and they know that I have their back no matter what, and I hope they would have the same for me. I mean, it's just it's just awesome. The coaches are unreal. Atmosphere is always unreal. Those are my guys. Now, when it comes down to the games, and I believe you guys were – were you guys in Alabama this past week? And I know Atlanta was on the schedule at one point. Where were you guys last week? And, and, and kind of tell us a little bit, how much has this COVID-19 and, and how much have they really emphasized on you guys and make sure that you're sanitizing some of the things that you're doing, of course, stay in distance. I mean, kind of give us the travel ball version of what you guys are dealing with differently this year than you were last year. Um, all right, so, yes, sir, we were in Alabama last a few days ago, actually, but we've just been, like, on the bus, we have to wear the, wear a mask, and then the bus driver, Big Ant, has to sanitize the bus when we get off and before we get on, just to make sure. But, like, there's no water coolers. You have to bring your own water. We're not allowed to share towels, like, sweat towels and stuff. That's kind of gross anyways, but... And then, I mean, other than that, nothing... Um, a little bit with, like, the balls, like, Umpires can't hold the ball sometimes, but it just depends on where you're at pretty much. Now, of course, uh, Cole Messina, one of the top 50 players in the country, locally here in Somerville, plays for the Green Wave during his high school season and during the summer season, plays with uh, Kane's organization, which they are nationally known to just destroy teams from tournament to tournament, from weekend to weekend. And uh, as he's telling us again, and I agree with you, I think Sharon – uh, their styles have always been gross. So there's actually some good stuff coming out of that as well. And that's something from back in your dad's days and my days. It's always been there. We've always done it. And I'm glad now that somebody's decided to stop it. Uh, one thing that you like the most about playing for the Canes and the traveling that you guys get to do, the uniforms, the equipment, to the buses and all the – I mean, it's got to have a superstar feeling to it, man. But but tell us, what is it like in day-to-day life and the guy that gets to play for such a five-star program? Um, all right, so we'll have team breakfast early in the morning because Coach Petty's an early bird. And then we'll usually go take Team BP at a high school or a neighboring college, and then we'll go play our game. And then we'll usually go get some type of food after, get back to the hotel and kind of just chill out and hang out with the guys. So, I mean, it's just 
nonstop, but I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I think my parents tremendously for all they do and the sacrifices they make. So they make it all happen. By Nicole Messina, of course, talking about uh, his days with the Canes as they are in full-fledged right now. He just got back from Alabama where they were playing uh, some baseball weekend before that, I believe in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, you're here, and I wanted him to come on for multiple reasons. A, he deserves to be on this show. He's one of the best baseball players in the country. I mean, that's right there gives him first and center and a, and a front row parking spot here at the studio. But on the other side of it, I want him to get you guys who are maybe questioning travel ball in general with COVID-19 and how are these guys doing it? How are they staying socially distanced? Maybe he says something to you guys that you guys can take it back to your organization, to your teams, and in ways that we can kind of get the world up and moving in the world of sports. Uh, and, of course, Cole, you're mentioning mom and dad, man. Again, I have a chance to get to know your mom and your dad very well here with what I do at Somerville. And uh, giving them the attention, man, did, could you ever imagine the time, not only that your mom and dad, but think about your little brother and sister, man, the weekends that they've had to give up their life to come out and be a part of what you do week in and week out and get in the car and, boy, go sit in a hot sun. Yes, sir. I mean, I just can't thank them enough. They make sacrifices day in and day out for us us three. So, I mean, I, w- I just hope – hopefully I can give them the world someday, and that's that's the goal. Yeah, I think you're well on your way, my man. And I said this, and I don't want to jinx you by putting you on the Wheaties box or on the top of some PlayStation or some Xbox video game, but I think you're there, man. I think you're very close, and uh, I can't wait to watch what you continue to do. Now, you've played a lot of ball. You've seen a lot of talent. You've gone against a lot of guys. And, of course, when you play with the Canes, you, you see, I would say, the best talent in the country. Uh, who have you played against that you think, without a doubt, is going to be the next big name in Major League Baseball that you've either thrown out or you've actually shared a bus seat with or you've been some part of a conversation through a wild weekend? Ooh, um, definitely Brady House. He's the number one player in our class. He's unreal. But last summer, I'd have to say probably – uh, probably goes back to my my catchers, um, Thomas Frick and Cooper Engel. I think they're both very talented, very very hard workers. I think one of them's got a shot, no doubt. But I mean, other than that, I feel like everyone I play with or have played against has a great great possibility of making it. So I'm just hoping hoping they hoping they make it. So. How nervous are you when you watch the, the minor leagues? And, and, again, I know your vision right now is to go to the University of South Carolina to play college ball. We talked about that. We won't get into that conversation on the ear uh, because I know some of that's a, a personal situation. I want to keep that uh, where it goes. But when you see minor league baseball, and you're with a lot of guys right now that are seniors, I would imagine, on your team that, that maybe thought prior to this COVID-19 that they were going to get through this season and then hit – the minor league trend and somewhere get drafted, but you see the minor leagues being cut short. How much conversation on a bus like for you guys? Are you thinking about it? Are you talking about it? And, and what's your thoughts of everything when it comes to a shortened MLB season? I think 60 games is what they're looking at, Cole. I mean, we don't really talk much about it because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not really affecting us personally. So we just we just kind of just play it off. Like if something crazy happens, we'll talk about it. But, I mean, we just go and play our game and – Hope for the best. So Now, of course, you decided to take your talents to the University of South Carolina. You mentioned it two years ago today. So that's pretty neat in itself. But why the University of South Carolina, man? I mean, there's a lot of great baseball programs around the country. I'm a big 
course, Gamecock fan for certain reasons. But for you to go there, of course, Coach Kingston's now there. They've got a, a new coaching staff for a couple of years under the belt there. Uh, uh, Coach Lake is still there, if I'm not mistaken. They've got a lot of names there that I'm familiar with. But, but why does Cole Messina fit there in the next uh, year to date and then, of course, hopefully for the next two or three years? Um, first off, it's close to home. I, I mean, I, I'm a big family guy, so I want my family to be involved, family and friends. And then second of all, the SEC baseball is just unmatched. It's proven. And then third of all, I mean, I, I love the coaches. They've always been good to me. And I mean, I just hope for the best. And so I think it's just a good fit for me and my family. So I'm going to bring in Eugene. I know Eugene's a big baseball guy as well. Eugene, I know you had a few questions as well to ask Cole, and uh, I'll let you kind of ask a few as well. Yeah, a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. Uh, your Kings team uh, in particular, I know you talked about some guys you play against uh, who, who may be headed for the next level. Uh, give us a little scouting report on some of your teammates with the Kings. And then also, too, uh, let's talk about, you know, South Carolina. You brought it up. You're committed. Uh, you know, we're looking at your rankings, and I know Rich and I both think very, very highly of you. You know, we can't wait to cover the uh, home run derby next year with you because I think you're going to put out a lot. And, uh, you know, I think coaches going uh, – the Somerville uh, pitching coaches or batting coach is going to retire after you. But uh, talk just a little bit about, one, like I said, some of your came teammates and uh, some of those guys, where they may be headed or, or – you know, some of those guys that stand out, uh, especially those guys here in the low country. And then a couple, you know, what you plan to study and where are you uh, looking forward to at Carolina? Um, so we'll start with the the scouting report, as as you would say. Um, we Our pitching staff is probably, in my opinion, number one in the country. I think we've given up maybe four or five earned runs this summer. Um, we bring a – we bring a lineup that can hit really, really well, top to bottom. Anybody can put a ball out of any swing. Um, our defense is unmatched. Besides me, we have a great catcher. His name's Renee Lastris. Going to Florida, has got a laser behind the plate. Um, our outfield, probably the best outfield I've ever played with, just tracks down every ball. Um, our, our infielders, Curtis Reed, Alex Mooney, Cody Schreier, probably the best best dudes off the field, but one of the probably the three of the best guys I've ever played with on the field. And um, we just bring our pitching staff. It's just so many different guys. And it's it's hard for me and Renee to, to learn each guy because they're so different and they're not the same at whatsoever. So that's it. What, what were your other questions? I'm sorry. Actually, since you brought that up, you know, I know there are a couple, like you said, you know, the pitching staff is so amazing. So we'll, we'll kind of stick with your Kings guys because, again, that features uh, some guys around here. Uh, I've watched a bunch of film. I'm good friends with the Garris brothers, his dad. I've seen them, uh, you know, I've seen him uh, call our catch, but I've seen both of them pitch as well. Uh, I want to I know, have you caught Reed yet? Yes, sir, I have. All right. So tell me, is it 92? And tell me how that feels. Because that's a big boy. <laughs> Reed, is a, Reed is a big boy. Um, He does run it up to 92. I'll give it to him. Probably hits it about three or four times a game. But he's consistently 88 to 91, which is which is well, well advanced for any high schooler. But, I mean, Reed mixes in a good changeup and a, a pretty solid breaking ball. So, I mean, he – 
whenever me and him connect, we, we keep batters off balance all the time. And it's just, it's just fun to catch guys like that because they just compete out there. And Reed's not going to let – Reed's not going to get cheated. So, I mean, he just, he just goes out there and competes. And I love that about him, so. Good doubt, man. And, you know, their dad actually signed with the University of South Carolina, played baseball for a couple of years, and then switched over to rugby, uh, w- which didn't help or didn't uh, apparently please the Garris grandfather too much. But uh, just wanted to throw that out there. But um, so also, too, you know, you brought up that with the guys. Uh, when are you guys – are you guys playing anything local or, or close to here? So that if anybody's listening, want to come out and check you guys out and uh, see some of the future uh, college players in the state. No, sir. We don't play any locally. Like we have, the closest would be Cary, North Carolina, but that's at the end of July. I think we go to Hoover for two weeks, and then we go to Atlanta and then Cary. So that's not really locally, but I mean, if someone wants to make right. a drive to Cary, just let me know. <laughs> that's that's not terrible, but um. So the Hoover, is that the same place where the SEC tournament's held? Do you know? Yes. Yes, sir, it is. And then do you know where you guys are in Atlanta? Um, East Cobb. Um, it's like the East Cobb rec fields, but, I mean, un- unreal atmosphere, by the way. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, so then uh, the next up I brought up about Carolina. Um, you know, what are you planning on studying at Carolina? Have you thought about that yet? And uh, a little bit about – I know with the coach up there, uh, maybe obviously you already have a connection. You're a dude that uh, committed what you said two years ago, so that would make it, you know, after your uh, freshman year. So what what sold it other than, you know, your brother or anything else? Like what sold it to you personally? So when I get to Carolina, I know my mom's not going to like this answer, but I either want to study education or sports management. And then Carolina sold me just because it felt like home. Those guys, we could talk about anything. We could talk about what's happening in school or what's happening in politics. Like we could talk about anything, and it just felt felt right there for me. So that's, that's another reason. So, so you mentioned your mom. Did she graduate from Clemson or what? <laughs> yes, sir. She did. <laughs> what about dad? Where did dad go to school? He went to a school in Pennsylvania. I don't I don't really remember off the top of my head. No worries. Well, you know, I, you know, and I, I've seen this from other uh, people. Um, I was, I'm, I'm still quite good friends with uh, Ortre Smith's mom, Tasha. Uh, I'm not sure if you know who that is. He's a wide receiver to play at Wando, is now at University of South Carolina. Um, she actually played volleyball and uh, signed on to play volleyball and basketball for Clemson. Huge Clemson fan. Uh, when Ortre committed on his birthday, his 18th birthday, which happened to be September 11th. Uh, she put on a garnet scarf, had no South Carolina logos on it whatsoever. And then by, I'd say about the fourth or fifth game at Wando, we would sit together and chat and I would look over. She started to kind of slide those garnet black, a little bit of USC gear. So, you know, when, uh, when you get up there, I, you know, I'm sure mom's going to cheer you on. You know, perhaps she could put on a little garnet black. We'll see, man. Yes, sir, for sure. She does have some some black in her wardrobe, so. We're getting there. We're working. Every holiday, we always get her something Carolina. So, yeah, no problem, man. Um, so, a little bit about this year. I know it was cut short, uh, and but you guys had some pretty big wins already. Uh, give us a little bit about your stats. You know, before the season ended with Somerville. Sorry, I just want to make it clear. We're talking Somerville. I think I think a team was four and one, five and one, maybe. 
Um, we were off to a great start. We were rolling. But personally, I think I, I don't really know what I was batting, but I think I had two home runs. Uh, I don't know how many RBIs, but I mean, we were we were just going really, really strong as a team, and I had a good feeling about this year. Exactly. You know, we we hung out with some of the coaches the other night after the home run derby, and you know, it, it's so funny, man, because you got big shoes to fill. You know, I'm sure you you saw in uh, round two, Brody hit 13 out, um, but everyone said that you're the guy next year, that you're the guy that's going to break it all. You're going to hit them all out, or uh, you know, the coach is going to throw a thousand pitches just to you because, you know, everybody, everybody's kind of looking forward to the long ball. Uh, what will you do to prepare for that? Because, you know, following the major leagues, and, and I'm sure you do, and I'm sure you've seen a ton of home run derbies, you know, it's, it's ironically usually held about this week, around 4th of July. Um, and, and a lot of home run hitters or, or baseball players kind of take that out. They don't do it anymore because it, it kind of monkeys with their swing a little bit. Uh, how do you feel about that? Do you think, you know, preparing for something like that, or, or I guess I should ask you, have you ever done it before? And then if you have, yeah. does, it, does it really mess with your swing a little bit? Is it? I mean, yes, sir, I have done home run derbies, but I don't prepare for those. I'm, I prepare to go out every night and just help my team win as much as I can. Yeah, and, and I was so impressed with another guy. You know, I was impressed with all the guys that competed out there, but was Palma. Palma had such a compact, such a sweet swing. Uh, he was very fluid. And everybody, you know, Keegan Williams came up to me um, right before the start of it. Now, everybody knows he and Brody are best friends. And he said, Coach, my dark horse to win this is Palma. And I said, why do you say that? He said, look at him. That dude is always working out. He's always in the gym. If he's not working or playing baseball, he's in the gym. Even when he's working, he's doing uh, landscaping. He's lifting stuff. Uh you know, and, and when I met Palmer, he was such a cool guy. In the first round, he jumped out to the lead until Molinari came out and took the lead from him. Um, but, you know, when I asked him, I said, you know, what was your secret to success in the first round? He goes, I was just up there relaxed. I was just, you know, going through. I was just trying to hit line drives. I was just trying to drive the ball. I wasn't trying to, like, swing for the fence. I was just trying to make good contact, drive the ball, stay back, stay relaxed. Is that kind of what you do? Yes, sir. I mean, I don't – like I said, I don't really prepare for home run derbies. I just just go out there and compete with my team. If if I get in a home run derby, I just go and have fun. Don't really put stress on myself and just go and have fun. No doubt. And uh, so coming up on your senior year, obviously, you know, I think probably we look at it as our most anticipated or something we're all looking forward to. Obviously for you, it's looking forward to playing because you didn't get to play a season this year. Uh, other than that, schedule-wise, what is something that you're looking forward to doing as your uh, kind of last go-around at the high school level? Um, I mean, definitely you plan to win a state championship, but I just I just want to be back on the field with my guys one more time because some of those guys I'll never get to play with again, and those are my guys that have been with me forever, like Lane Tobin, Drew Lloyd. Those have been my guys since I was nine, and I just, I just want to take the field with them a few more times and see see what we can do. Awesome, man. Well, it's, uh, we're coming up on the break. It's about 728. Uh, I'm not sure if Richie has something to sign you off with. It's been a pleasure to interview you. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I was a big fan of your, your brother and all these other guys. You know, um, it was awesome to hang out with your, your teammates and uh, coaches last uh, Friday. I just wish you great success and great health, man. 
I'm a Gamecock. I graduated from uh, USC just like Richie. Uh, I'm looking forward to following your uh, career the next few years. Uh, next year at Somerville and then, you know, on to USC if, if that's where you end up, if you go pro. You know, I'm hoping my Cubs or Red Sox sign you, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I can tell you one thing, Cole, man. I, I want to say this, and you know how I feel about you, brother. You and I go way back a bit. And, of course, I have a lot of love for your mom, your dad, your sister, and brother, man. You guys are always – you know, you got to treat me like family, day in and day out. So to have you on this show and to get 30 minutes with you, man, and, and again, we talked to a lot of coaches, but to have the players in here, man, and, and just to know the type of man you are off the field. And I tell guys all the time, if he's a 5,000-star guy on the field, if he's a top 50 man in the nation on the field, man, he's number one off the field. And I think that's the kind of thing you need to continue doing what you're doing, man, the way you handle yourself in our community, the way that you, uh, you stay grounded. And, and to me, uh, that tells all the stories that need to be told. And I think that's why you're having the success on the field is because of all the things that you do out the field, buddy. Stay safe. Stay distant. Tell mom and dad, we said thanks for letting you come in here tonight with me. But uh, don't worry. You're going to get back in here because I'm going to let you be kind of our spokesman for Kane Baseball. Maybe you get some of your teammates uh, when you guys are on the road to do some live radio with us as well. I think it would be a lot of fun. And then when football season happens, I'm going to mic you up and uh, – we're going to have some fun this year, man. We're going to let you have a senior year to remember, even if it's two or three or maybe five or six games, because uh, you used to play the game of football. So why not give you a chance to call it on the radio, right? Yes, sir. Well, we appreciate it, buddy. Stay safe. God bless. And until next time, man, just keep hitting them over the fence, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. That was a pleasure, guys. There you go. The one and only Cole Messina checking in with us uh, here locally. He's been – all around the southeast. He was in uh, Alabama last weekend and Atlanta the weekend before that. But he, without doubt, I don't care where he's at, he was with uh, – it's hard to describe the kind of guy he is off the field because he stays as humbled as he can be when he has every reason to believe that he's way up here. And I'm sure mom and dad are, are glad to hear this. But this kid is, uh, again, first class off the field. Uh, as much as he is on the field. We got a quick break. Got to go to Sackacy High School with the one and only Coach Ben Hampton. He's the head football coach of the Braves. Coming up next, right here on Southern Sports Central.
like a rock star Spend a lot of money on my brand new guitar Baby's got a habit, diamond rings and Fendi sports bras Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car Got no stress, I've been through all that I'm like a Marlboro man, so I kick on back Wish I could roll on back to that old town road I wanna ride till I can't go Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Evans. I'm Tad Eugene Benton. We are in about halfway through the show at 734 here, coming to you live from Somerville, South Carolina, at the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. That's Southern Sports Central coming to you for the next hour and a half right here on Blog Talk Radio. This segment brought to you by Gurns Pharmacy, located at 140 South Main Street, downtown Somerville. You can find them on the web at gurnspharmacy.com, and you can reach out to them on the phone at 843-873-2531. And now we head back over to the Kent Farm Hotlines where we're live with Socrates High School's head football coach, Coach Hampton. What's up, Coach? What's going on, Richie? Another beautiful day, man. I'm glad to get you back for the second time. And uh, I don't know if you saw the list, but one of your uh, former teammates is actually going to follow up behind you here. And, uh, of course, that's Mr. Parks. Perry Parks is going to be joining us. At 8 o'clock, so I got that one-two coastal punch from back in the day. Yeah, I'm glad I get to go before him. He he tends to be a tough act to follow, so I'm glad you got me on first, and he can he can do what he, he has to do afterwards. Amen to that, brother. You've been doing it big up there, Zocacy, man. I want to tell you, first of all, uh, again, welcome to the Zocacy family. For uh, the listeners, though, I graduated a few moves back in 1997 from Zocacy, and uh, to see a guy like you come in here, take this program, and – uh, the, the the things I've heard about it already early in your time, and again, you've been kind of handcuffed with COVID-19, have been very impressive. I look forward to, A, getting one of their cats I saw on social media, and B, getting back. I always come home for one game a year, and I'm looking forward to hopefully getting back to one game this year, but nevertheless, uh, getting a chance to catch up with you up there on the Grand Strand. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, got, I got that hat waiting on you when you come in town, but, uh, you know, our uh, – our kids and our coaches have done a phenomenal job um, ever since we got to go ahead to start the virtual workouts and, and our, our, all our virtual meetings and everything. And the turnout's been great from the kids. The coaches have just gotten after it like, like you know, nothing I've ever seen before. I mean, you know, taking the initiative to do things. And, and I told them, I said, guys, you know, don't, don't call me and ask me for permission. If you feel like it's something uh, pertinent to what our kids are doing and something that, that can make them better, let's go out, let's get after it. And, and they've done a phenomenal job. And that kind of continued over in the, in the workout starting last Monday. And, and unfortunately, you know, we got the call that, that those are going to be ended sooner rather than later. But, uh, you know, for the past week and, you know, week and a half, our kids just flat got after it and a lot of excitement in the air. And, and we're looking forward to what, what, what lies ahead, whether that be, uh, you know, in August starting school or, or whether it's a little bit later on in the year. You know, we're just excited to get to work. We're live right now with Coach Ben Hampton as the bus is headed up to Socrates High School for the virtual tour around the Braves. And, of course, their season, the 2020 season, as far as the summer workout, was just 
pause because of the uh, COVID outbreak, if you will, up there in Horry County. And as you guys follow it here locally, you see that Horry County, Charleston County are some of the highest numbers that you see around our state. Of course, they're making the decision to stop that. I think it's a good move, Coach, because it is hard to do, and you don't want, I would say, that on something that you deal with day in and day out. You're seeing a lot of these kids. You see them in front of you. But as a coach, kind of give us your thoughts and opinions of this COVID thing. And as, a, as you see them in front of you, you, you really don't have any control once they leave you until they come back to you, Coach. Well, you know, I mean, it's frustrating for everybody involved. Um, and it's just something that, that uh, you know, it's an uncontrolled variable. And, and I think uh, Matt Real up at North Myrtle Beach said it best the other day, you know, as football coaches, we deal with what we can control. And, and a lot of the game we can control. A lot of the things our our kids do, we can control. A lot of what our coaching staff does, it's, it's all controllables for us. And and now we're dealing with an uncontrolled variable. And so it's very frustrating for us. You know, obviously we can we can mandate that our kids, um, you know, socially distance at workouts, and they have a mask on when they're not going through rigorous activity. But you know, once they leave us, we have no idea what's really going on. And, and unfortunately. Um, <clears throat> what other people are doing out in the community that we have no control over. And, uh, you know, our kids are going, going home to that. And so, you know, it's frustrating to think, Hey, we can control it. We can make sure we're doing the right things at practices. We can make sure we're socially distancing. And, uh, to think, you know, of all the other time they're spending in, in, in environments that, that aren't as good and can't be controlled as well. It's a little frustrating at the same time, you know, I told our guys we we got the call Monday night that, that we were going to be um, we were going to be uh, canceling workouts effective Thursday, and, and I just I talked to my coaching staff immediately, and we made the decision that you know why would we press it three extra days? Let's just go ahead and make the call now. As rough as that is on everybody, as much of a mental mental game as this is playing with our kids, exposing them for three more days to a possible. Um, you know, you know, putting them in that risk for an extra three days just didn't make sense to me. And, uh, yes, I know that that age bracket's been probably the least hit with this virus and, and that it's, you know, uh, you see all these statistics out there and, and, and you can spin it however you want to. But the reality of it is if Horry County says this is what we're going to do, then that's what Soxby High School is going to do. We're going to follow it to the letter of the law. We're going to do it the right way because we're going to do things that we have to do in order to get football back. And, uh, and and that was our big message to our kids. Guys, we don't like it. You know, this is not what everybody wants. But if this helps us get football back faster, let's do it and let's do it the right way. We're live right now with the new sheriff in town of Socrates High School as we're doing a campus tour up there on the Grand Strand. Coach Ben Hampton joins us right now over here on the Tim Farm Hotlines as we are Diving into the 2020 season for soccer feet, and of course, uh, a lot of playmakers that are going to come out here this year. Coach, uh, tell us a little bit about some of the guys that maybe have gotten your attention in the last couple of weeks where you guys were, you know, again, you're, you're limited in what you can do, but at least you see an athlete, you know, he's a really good athlete, he kind of stands out a little bit. Has anybody kind of gotten your attention early here between the workouts and all the, the, the excitement of getting back together as a family? Well, you know, I mean, we've really focused on on some uh, on some you know skill development stuff, and and we've got DJ Willard, who's who's a rising senior, you know, six three, two hundred forty five pounds, um, looks good off the hoof. Uh, he's got offers on the table already. Um, moves well. Uh, it's going to be phenomenal at defensive end for us. Um, but we got some we got some guys that have come in that have kind of flown on the radar, got a little bit bigger this summer. 
some of our offensive linemen that are are, are going to have a, a chance to uh, to help us out some. Um, and then uh, you know, as far as skill guys, we've got some little some little slot slot type kit, uh, cats, some little scat back types. Uh, you know, and, and and Trey Rocky and Ethan Knox that 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 can turn on the Jets when they have to, and, and they're also going to play some defense as well. Um, but you know. Uh, Looking for a lot of surprises here. A lot of kids are maturing and, and have gotten in the weight room and and really taking a hold of of this of this off time and really being able to to change their physical appearance. And then of course our freshman class, our freshman class has flat gotten after it. And so we're looking for some big things out of some young guys. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, you never know uh, what what may happen between now and whenever we get to go ahead to play. So we're we're looking forward to it. And uh, you know, the kids are getting after it, and and, and we're excited. Coach, when you mentioned slot receivers, and, and being that I've covered high school football since about 2011, and, and I've seen the tall receivers, yes, they play a major role, but the thing that I've seen have an offensive game plan has been that slot receiver. Somerville had not one year, but two years back-to-back be a key role. Over at Fort Dorchester, it's the same thing. And other high schools around the state and around the country are really leaning into that slot receiver and how much that one position plays a major role in the success. What is it to you, or what do you think about how important that having a, a fast, able, mobile, and agile slot receiver is to winning a, a game and then getting into winning a, a championship? Well, you know, I mean, it all depends on what you do offensively, of course. But, uh, you know, a lot of people here spread offense, and they think, oh, man, they're going to throw it 50 times a game, and, and they're going to live and die by the pass. And, and, and that's just not the reality of it. Um, you know, and the way we've been in the past and the way I've ran my program is, is we spread it out to run the ball. Um, you know, we want to we wanna get as few, as few amount of people in that box as we can, and we want to try to get downhill between the tackles. And then once you start adding bodies back into that box to stop the run, then we'll, then we'll throw it around a little bit on you. The odds are in our favor. Um, but the slot back, you know, and we our Y and slot are, are two in the same. So, um, you know, they're huge. They're critical for us because they're, they're, they play a big part in the ground game and they also play a big part in the, in the passing game. And, and if that guy is having an effective night, uh, defenses are going to have a lot of trouble because um, the options are there for us, you know, RPOs, um, option game. Uh, I mean, you know, if they're having to cover our slot and wise in multiple facets of the game on the ground and in there, then defenses are usually having a bad night and that kid's usually having a pretty good one. We're live right now with the head coach over there at Sacrosy High School. He is the head ball coach, Ben Hampton. He is taking over the Braves here in the upcoming 2020 season. He comes in, and as we've had multiple coaches that have moved into the area here in Charleston and around the Palmetto State, uh, this was probably without doubt one of the largest transitions of, of changes around the low country. It's even affected the Grand Strand. That being said, I like the coach that's hired up there. He's live with us right now. Coach Hampton brings the energy coach, but you also bring the history with you because you don't have far to show them if you work hard, you can play at the next level because, again, you played at Coastal Carolina. You were one of the first teams up there. Uh, I've heard nothing but great things from you. Uh, coach Spivey, who was the offensive coordinator here at Somerville. Now he's at Ashley Ridge. He played his days over at Conway High School, but – one of many guys that has spoke high praise of you. How much have you shared your story yet early with this young team about if you put in the work today, the success that you get tomorrow? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, with the limited in, in-person in contact that we've had, I really haven't gotten into that a whole lot. But, you know, uh, 
Coach Bobby and Coach Bennett and, and uh, Coach Snyder and all those guys that were at Coastal when I came in in 02. I mean, they gave me an opportunity of a lifetime, opportunity of a, of a kid from Mount Olive, North Carolina, to, uh, to go to school and play football uh, at why he does it. And, you know, my, my buddy Perry Parks, my, my old roommate, uh, you know, he's going to be on after me. You know, they gave us uh, an opportunity that, that, you know, obviously is not afforded to everybody and, and, and is, is very scarce if you look at the total numbers. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's kind of a story we'll get into. That would be more of our leadership council type stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll give it to those guys and kind of let those guys go out and try to be the model of that. But, I mean, it's it's the same thing for everybody. Everybody that goes to college on a scholarship or, or even goes to college and has the opportunity to play football. You know, it's about the story, what it took to get there, but it's also about capitalizing on on what you got while you get there, when you're there. And so that's what our big push is to our guys this year is, is let's capitalize on what, we got, on what we got. Let's don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Let's worry about what we have and what we can do with it. And, and so, you know, the kids have kind of taken hold of that so far and, and we just asked them, we said, you know what, give us one year. Give us one year, and if at the end of that year we don't change your mindset and change the way you see the game of football and the way you see yourself as a young man, then you go do something else. But, I, you know, I feel pretty confident in my ability and our coaching staff's ability to, to fix that in, in one year. So, you know, it is what it is. No doubt, Coach. And, of course, I have an opportunity to know a handful of the coaches that you've been able to retain, and I'm excited about that. Uh, I stay in contact with a lot of your players due to the fact that half of your players, I either played with their parents or I grew up with their parents. So, you know, it, it's a lot of fun to do this show because I don't hide the fact that I'm, a, I'm an alumni where you get a chance to go out there on Friday nights and light it up. And, you know, I love the energy. I love the, the, the attention that you're bringing to that team and to, of course, that school there at Sacasee. What's been the biggest change from you, though? Because you come from another state. You come into South Carolina, even though you played some college ball here, but but we have a lot of coaches that seem they want to come down into South Carolina for their second stint of coaching, if you will. Uh, what's been the biggest change for you other than relocating your family uh, when it comes to coaching here in the state of South Carolina compared to the, to the state you were in? Well, I mean, obviously the COVID-19 uh, pandemic has not helped out any, but I mean, really is a, the amount of guys, the amount of guys I'm able to retain as coaches. I mean, you know, where I'm from, I, I had I had six paid assistants aside from myself. So, you know, um, unless you had some guys that really loved football and and and, and wanted to give up their free time to, to come out there, uh, you know, you were you were coaching with limited numbers, and and you know, we're able to we're able to retain quite a few here. And I, I think I've got 16 guys on the roster right now that are going to be a part of this program. And like I said, I can't Richie, I can't say enough about the adults. And the and the men that have, that have uh, you know uh, agreed to coach and and have gotten after it. I mean they're, they're doing a phenomenal job and and we're excited about it. And uh, you know I, I think that Sakasti uses the uh, the hashtag once a brave always a brave and and, and we want to bring back the true meaning of that. We want to change the culture and, and and we really want people to feel what it means to be a brave and and what it means to be a part of this program again. And, you know like like so many old alumni. Um, you know, like yourself, that, that are so proud of the tradition of what is Sakasti and, and the community that surrounds it. Uh, we want to get that back going again, and I, and I think we've got the group of kids to do it. And I think I've got a group of coaches on my staff right now that are that are willing to put in the work and, and grind with me to get that done. Hey, Coach, this is uh, Eugene here. Uh, you know, I know Richie is an alumni, and, and, and I have some friends, you know, as well as Richie who are alumni. I actually had a stepkid that played for Sox Steve for a couple of years. Um, you know, and, and the thing is that 
one of the things that I think is tough is that you have, you know, Myrtle Beach and, and, and you know, Carolina Forest and some other, you know, the 5A schools, but then Myrtle Beach down the road. And uh, one of the superstars at, at Myrtle Beach this year is a kid that, that kind of grew up playing with soccer team and whatnot. You know, and I hear what you said about the one-year thing. You know, give us a chance to prove our, ourselves to you. Uh, and, and I'm sure you're a coach that wants to come in and love on those kids and show them that, you know, you don't have to go play somewhere else. You know, we're able to get you to the next level. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. You know, what, do you, what are you doing to help these guys uh, get to the next level? Obviously, you're a coach, and that's your first job. Coach them up, get the best out of them. Uh, what are you bringing to the table? What are you uh, getting through to these kids to, to, to uh, I guess, not only train them but to promote, to promote them to get them to that next level? You know, if you're, you know, putting it out there that you, you know, give them a one-year thing and say, hey, man, just give me one year. Give me 365 days. Give me a full season, spring practice, summer practice, you know, fall season. You know, what is it that uh, that you're putting out there to these guys to get them to that, that uh, next level? Well, you know, Eugene, obviously you mentioned, I mean, J.J. Jones is an unbelievable football player. Uh, you, I mean, you, you know, uh, committed to Carolina, multiple Power Five offers on the table. I mean, he's just phenomenal. And, and I told our guys coming in, I said, you know, we can talk about the – the, the kids that, you know, we've missed out on or, or the teams we play, Myrtle Beaches, the, the North Myrtle Beaches, Conways, Carolina Fort. The reality of it is this. What I ask them to do is buy into me. They give me one year to prove myself, prove my program, and let's go from there. Because what happens is you start having some success, and then that success recruits itself, right? You, you end up keeping those kids, and those kids don't leave, and, and you start to build a program that way. Also, we're going to teach these, teach these guys how to be young men. We're, not, we're, not, we're going to coach them up how to be football players. Um, you know, but the athletic ability is athletic ability. We're going to teach them how to be young men. We're going to teach them how to be uh, great students. We're going to teach them how to be good stewards in the community. And uh, we're going to show them that the importance is not solely on football. And what we're going to do is we're going to build a well-rounded athlete that I can that I can advertise to these coaches that come around, right? I can speak for them. I can vouch for that kid and say, Coach, that kid doesn't have a single discipline referral on his record. Coach, this kid's got a 3.7, 3.8 GPA. He's in honors classes. He's he's part of the IB program. I want I want to build a repertoire of things in there, you know, about those kids that I can just boast to these coaches and and, and sell them to these coaches. Hey, you know, this kid's the whole package. A lot of times, far too often, you got kids that are phenomenal athletes, but they don't have the rest of the package, right? So, you know, if they don't have the academics, sometimes colleges can work with you. Sometimes they can. They can do some things to help you out if you can get a test score here or there. But a lot of colleges now, and you see it in, the, you know, throughout the news and social media, so many college athletes getting in trouble for certain things. And so coaches are looking for those guys that the coach can vouch for them and say, hey, this kid's the complete package. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to build these kids. We're going we're gonna to build the complete package and show them how to do it, and then we're going to sell them to these college coaches. And we're going to get them through the door by the first couple ones we, we get going uh, you know, falling up on their end of the bargain and really providing a, a good appearance at whatever school they go to. I know something that's uh, real personal and close to your heart is uh, the weight room. Talk to us a little bit about that. You know, uh, is there something, you know, some wrinkles that you have personally, some things that you look for in guys and something that uh, you develop in guys that helps you sell those athletes? Well, I mean, yeah, and we, you know, we tell our guys, and one of the first things I shared with, shared with my soccer team guys is I can't, I can't coach effort. If you give me the effort, I'll make you stronger, I'll make you faster, um, 
and, and we'll teach you we'll teach you how to do whatever we need you to do. And so what we need is competitiveness, right? So we're going to build that competition in the weight room, and the rest will take care of itself. Um, you know, all too often, you know, you got kids that don't want to do this and that because they feel like it's a punishment. Well, we're going to treat it as a competition. Everything's a competition. We're always competing to get better. Um, and, and the day you lose that edge, the day you lose that competitiveness is the day you need to just hang up your cleats. So uh, we're going to build competition in everything we do, um, whether that's, uh, you know, uh, getting on the bus to go to pregame meal, whether that's, uh, you know, getting the most compliments from from you know, the staff where we go to eat a pregame meal about how well behaved we are. We're going to build competition in everything we do. And that way, you know, come Friday night, it's second, it's second nature. Well, no doubt. And, there, you know, uh, my coaching experience, I coached uh, three years in high school level. I coached under uh, Chad Greer. You may, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with Coach Greer. And, uh, you know, oh, yeah. he, was very, he was very meticulously – planned everything was planned from every it started sunday at our meetings some of our sunday coaches meetings went nine ten eleven hours everything to the script for every single practice all up until we kicked the ball off on friday night was planned is that is that kind of how you are? are you one of those mega planners like that um and if so uh you know because i was head of operations for chad for three years and i'll tell you man it, it, it's a challenging job to keep up with a guy like that uh, so if you are one of those guys, you know, that's like this whole, you know, very meticulous planner, um, you know, uh, do you have any help with that? Well, you know, uh, I know Chad, uh, we, we throw, we throw against him quite a bit when he was up at uh Providence, uh, day the first time, um, you know, before he came to Oceanside and everything, but, uh, and Will was there and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, I know he's a, he is meticulous in what he does and he's good at it. I mean, obviously you can see the, the proofs in the pudding, um, you know, I'm a big planner. Uh, we're going to have everything planned out from from the time we get done with the game Friday night to the time we play the next game the next Friday night. I am I'm a big stickler in doing that all myself and, and handing it to the coaches when we come in Monday. Um, you know, I, I believe that they need to be able to enjoy, you know, their families and stuff as well. So, you know, I do a lot of things not characteristic of a lot of football coaches. We don't meet on Sundays, um, you know. Huddle's an unbelievable platform, and it allows us to do a lot of things. So when we leave on Friday nights, I'm able to give my coaches their assignments for the weekend. And, yeah, we'll text and we'll call back and forth, and we may jump on a quick 30-minute Zoom or whatever. But we don't have coaches' meetings on the weekends. I believe that's time for guys to spend time with their families. Um, And I think I get that much more buy-in from my coaches because they are able to do that on the weekends and spend that quality family time. Um, Also, you know, practices and everything are – Everything's scripted out. Everything's scheduled out. We do not run over time. Um, if there's just a day where we're not on top of our game, we're going to get through it, and we'll we'll reboot and get back at it the next day. We're not going to stay out there and practice three and four hours and just do something continuously over and over again until we get it right. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we, we plan everything out. We script everything out. We'll have everything drawn up and ready to go right after the game Friday for the following Friday. But, um you know, it's kind of one of those things where I think if you treat people right and you let them know what you're doing and the kids know the expectations and it's a consistent thing, kids operate off consistency. And so, you know, we're going to be consistent with them. They're going to know what to expect. They're going to know what we do in Monday's practice every week. Tuesday, Wednesday, same thing. Free game will never change for us on Friday. So get consistency really takes us a long way. But no doubt, and I got one final question. You know, a lot of coaches come in. And they talk about, you know, their football program, their head coach, you know, or their head coach, athletic director, or something like that. You know, and one of the big questions comes out is, you know, other sports. 
Uh, are you a big proponent of your guys playing multiple sports? And if so, is there a sport? You know, I know a lot of football guys, especially for the, the DBs, wide receivers, those guys, they like them playing track. Is, is there, you know, are you one of those guys that promotes multiple sports? And if so, is there a, uh, one of those uh, other sports, kind of like a track or a basketball or a baseball, that you, uh, you know, kind of support of your guys playing? Oh, I, I'm a huge proponent of multi-sport athlete. That's what I was in high school. I feel like every kid, even if they're not very talented in another sport, should at least participate in another sport. I think all football players should run track. Whether it's big boys or skilled guys, they should all run track. I think there's so many benefits to the team camaraderie, um, especially the speed and agility stuff that goes along with track. It's phenomenal. You know, I think quarterbacks should play baseball. You know, back in the day, there used to be a big argument that baseball players should play golf because it messes with their swing. And quarterbacks shouldn't pitch because of the different arm angles and things like that. And I, you know, I feel like that's all a crock. You know, I want my quarterbacks be, I want my quarterbacks pitching. Um, I want my, you know, I want my big guys running track. I want whoever wants to play basketball to play basketball. I, I think we, it's all one big family, and I think we build off of each other. I think football starts it because we're the first, we're the first sport of the year, um, the biggest draw, and I think everything else feeds off of that. If you have a successful football program, nine times out of ten, you look at schools, if they had a successful football campaign, most of their other sports were successful as well. Now, there are exceptions to the rule, but I really believe that. I think the kids feed off of the competition and the consistency year-round, right? So you don't have kids taking through two, three, four months off at a time. So a huge proponent of multi-sport athlete. Um, would encourage every one of my kids to do it. And at the same time, I hope that wrestling coach, I hope that basketball coach, I hope that baseball coach is encouraging his kids to do the same thing. One, not only because it breeds that competitiveness and that consistency, but it also, um, you know, it also pushes that kid to just, you know, just be successful in what they do. It pushes them to have that nose-to-the-grindstone mentality. And I hope the coaches trust me to know that if they come to me, they're in good hands. Well, Coach Richie Hellman again here with you. I do want to say again, thank you so much for your time tonight, taking away from your family. You've got a lot going on there. Of course, the Grand Strand is open for business, and it is booming over there on the Grand Strand. My parents send me pictures on their golf cart as they ride through Surfside. They're like, man, you never know there's a COVID-19 situation because this place is packed. But we do hope that you and your family are safe. I want to welcome you and your family again back to my hometown and my area. Where are you guys? Are you guys in, in, in Socrates, Myrtle Beach, Surfside, Conway? Where, where, where's home for you guys as far as geographically, uh, town-wise? We are, we are in Surfside Beach, Richie. We just closed on our house at the end of May, uh, just getting settled in. Uh, we got our golf cart about a week ago so we can cruise back and forth <laughs> to the beach. But, uh, you know, your parents are right. And, I, you know, I just saw today, not two hours ago, where Myrtle Beach City Council has issued a mask mandate. And, you know, hey, listen, I don't know what the what the right response is to COVID-19. I don't know where this thing is going to go. But what I will say is if, people, you know, if you're going to be out doing things, just do it the right way. Put a mask on and let's roll. No doubt about it. Now, my parents are on 3rd Avenue North, by the way, and I'm planning on making a trip back in a couple of weeks. So I may be able to ride by you with a golf cart here shortly, man. But uh, that sounds even better. You're literally in my backyard where I grew up. So, Welcome back home. Welcome to third side. And, of course, welcome back to Southern Sports Central, Coach. Man, anytime you've got time, come hang out with us. If you've got any fundraisers or anything we can do to help get the word out about anything, you know, this is your station, man. Just jump in here and let us know what we can do to help, man. 
Absolutely, Ricky, man. I appreciate it, brother. And, and you get into town in a couple of weeks, give me a holler. We'll do it, Coach. God bless you. Stay safe, stay distant. Until next time, we'll talk to you then. Yes, sir. Have a good evening. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the head football coach, Shakopee High School. As he mentioned, once a brave, always a brave. I was class of 97, and uh, I got even better news. Uh, the coach is literally living down the street from where I grew up. My folks are still there on 3rd Avenue North up on Surfside Beach, and uh, we got golf cart racing coming up. And, Eugene, you're going to have to do the play-by-play, man. Could you imagine if we don't have football, we got to get creative, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, you know, it, we'll either do play-by-play for football games or we'll do play-by-play <laughs> for baseball softball in the fall. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, hopefully, you know, come September, we'll be doing play-by-play for somebody, even if it's the youth league. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll have some sports. We'll see how it goes. All right, so here's what we got to do. We're going to head to break. Want to thank again Socrates High School's own Ben Hampton. Coach Hampton joined us for 30 solid minutes an hour and two, along with Cole Messina, who plays for Somerville, plays for the Canes organization in the summer, playing college ball. In the year after this, he'll be heading to the Gamecocks. And, of course, uh, it was a solid hour two, hour three. Here it comes, guys. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Southern Sports Central live right here on Blog Talk Radio. Perry Parks is mic'd up, and he's coming to you next right here. Don't go anywhere. Oh, my, oh, my. Hour three is here, and it has been two solid hours. I want to thank Jay Williams, the commissioner from the South Carolina Football Association, Youth Football Association, that joined us in hour one. Cole Messina, right here in Somerville, the Green Wave catcher, All-American, top 50 player in the country, also plays baseball for the Canes in the summertime, and he'll be playing for the Gamecocks here in just a year after graduation next year. Then, of course, a teammate of the guy that's coming up next. That was Ben Hampton that just joined us from Socrates High School. He said, I'm just glad I get to go ahead of Perry Parks. It's a hard act to follow. So now all pressure on Coach Parks, who now joins us live right here on the 10th Farm Hotline. We're live at Ridgeview High School. Coach Parks joins us. What's up, Coach? What's going on, man? How you doing? Good, man. So we're going to talk about your golf game because I see it's strong. Your slip and slide is uh, on point, but uh, we just had your teammate from Coastal join us just moments ago, Ben Hampton. And, man, I tell you what, he has a ton of excitement coming into Socrates this year. Yeah, man, I think Ben's going to do a great job, man. Former teammate and actually roommate of mine um, our sophomore year, man. We lived together down there at Coastal. So, Ben's a great guy. I'm excited for him and his family, uh, new adventures, and I know he's going to do a great job with that Socrates program. And no doubt, he actually mentioned that he was roommates with you, man, and I thought that was pretty cool. But it sounds like we've got a trip. Once COVID gets out of the way, he's in Surfside. That's, of course, where my mom and dad live. I grew up right there. So it sounds like to me, man, we've got a guys' weekend heading up to the Grand Strand to play some golf, which I'm not very good at, but I'll definitely drive some golf carts around and uh, have a little fun with you guys. But uh, I-, I smell a weekend of the beach coming, man. We just got to get this COVID out of the way. Oh, definitely, man. You're talking my language, man. I just got off the golf course as we speak, so that's <laughs> That's my language right there. I believe right now. it. <laughs> so, 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 so let's just say retirement happens in the next so many years. Is, is the PGA Tour, is it, is it looking good for you, man? Because I have seen quite a bit of swinging going on in the golf course with so, social media. 
I'm telling you, if they had a, a tour for fashion, I would definitely sign up. But uh, the, the way yeah. my swing is set up, you know, some days I got it, some days I don't. But it's been a pleasant distraction with everything that's going on. Uh, and it's been uh, time for me, you know, just personal time to reflect and, you know, try to plan our next moves at Ridgeview out there by myself. And uh, it's been helping me pass these, this time, man, it's these tough times. Now, of course, you guys uh, had a heck of a run, if I'm not mistaken, 4A, uh, the upper state, because you're in that hybrid area there. You guys uh, yep. ended up playing, was it Wren High School that you guys played up there? And, of course, Wren yep. ended up winning the state championship. You guys went against a very good quarterback over there that's going to uh, – he's going to the state of Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. There's no Alabama, state. Alabama. Yep. Alabama, Alabama State. Alabama State. There you go. And, yep. uh, again, but your defensive back, man, you guys were holding on strong and – Again, had a few more minutes, it might have went a different way. But, you know, what's it like having you guys come back? I know the season, as far as the summer workouts cut short, but, Coach, you were able to finally get the guys back together. You guys have been Zooming together, talking together. You and I have kept up off the air a good bit. But what was it like to finally get eyes on your players and see these guys that you're going to be counting on these horses to get you to the championship this year? Yeah, well, well, the sad thing with our situation, our district gave us the green light on uh, June 29th, uh, and we set a date for July 6th after this weekend to kind of start. That would have been our first day, and, of course, we pushed that back, and we'll, we'll know at a later date when, we, when can we get started. But uh, we were able to, to feed our guys. I haven't talked to you uh, since then. Uh, we fed our guys probably about two weeks before that, like right in the middle of June. Uh, Jamie Robb at Sonic right by our school, uh, he helped me and offset it, and my wife's office was able to help pay for meals for our guys. So that was probably my best day of the summer because, like I said, I haven't seen them, you know, in about two and a half, three months. So just to be able to put a chicken sandwich, you know, and a Gatorade in their hands with, uh, you know, summer workouts, stuff that they can be doing on their own, that was pretty pretty fun, man, just to be able to, you know, just check on those guys, their, their health, their well-being, uh, see them, feed them you know, love on them and, uh, you know, just kind of let them know, you know, everything's going to be all right. So that was probably the highlight of my summer, you know, as far as being with our guys. Other than that, you know, it's been phone calls. You know, everybody's about Zoomed out, uh, texting and, uh, you know, like direct messaging on Twitter as far as contact with them. So just trying to tell them to stay positive and, you know, hopefully the the state of South Carolina High School League and the coaches get together and, and come up with a plan that, 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 that takes care of everybody, you know, not just football, but, you know, all sports because, you know, you want these high school kids, especially the seniors, you want them just to have, you know, that one lasting memory. You don't want it being, you know, seasons getting canceled. You know, I hate it for the spring sports, seniors of 2020. Uh, and you just want to try to do something so those guys can at least enjoy some type of, of senior year in their, their sports. And I think that's what the goal is across the state. Well, I'm right now with Perry Parks. He is the head football coach over there at Ridgeview High School. He also – is the man was playing with the Metro Bowl. We're talking about that before we get him off the air. But the hot topic, and it's hot in multiple ways, and unfortunately we're leading stats in an area we don't really want to lead, and that is in the COVID numbers here around the state of South Carolina. Of course, uh, they shut down the upstate. It's melted its way into the middle of the state, found its way to the Grand Strand, and now down here in, of course, um, Charleston, where Charleston County, Dorchester County. Coach Parks, when you look at it, do you feel that – that maybe the high school league should just say, look, there's enough school shut down that everybody should shut down because I believe Berkeley County still has the green light. There may be a few other counties, not many, maybe a few that are still able to practice your thoughts. Cause I've had coaches kind of say that, look, there's enough that basically yeah. we feel like the whole state should just say, hold on. Yeah. I, I, and you know, and it's, you know, with 
all due respect. I mean, I know they have a tough job, and, you know, everybody, you know, has their opinions of, of what should have been done. But uh, when all of this stuff hit the fan, I think that collectively it, it would have been a better idea to set a, a date, you know, around, you know, July 6th, where we, where the date that we already had in mind when all this stuff was going on, or, you know, the week after that, and set a collective date across the state, you know, not to say jump the gun or, you know, let districts pick when they can work out. But what that does, it keeps the competitive balance because people are going to say, well, you know, they're not touching the football, you know, they're just out there working out. But, you know, there's something about being in that locker room feel, you know, not per se in a locker room, but being around your, your teammates, you know, working out together, being able to condition in this heat, getting acclimated to the heat, that, that does build a competitive advantage. And, you know, I don't care what, what people say, that, you know, that's, that's different. I mean, uh, say we do end up playing on time, which I don't know how, uh, and you got teams that, you know, compete for a state title that's been working out since, was that June the 8th or whenever they started, you know, those guys are going to be in better shape than us. I mean, that's just, you know, pure science, you know, if they've been working out that much longer than us and we get a late start. So um, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I, I don't think that the, the high school league or the people in decision – uh, that made a decision would think the numbers would balloon like they did the last couple of weeks. But hopefully, you know, the last couple of days we've seen our numbers slightly, you know, come down a little bit. So, you know, just thinking if they had a, a date, say, July, you know, 12th, you know, or, you know, that, that following Monday after the 6th, you know, we could have went through this balloon and then the numbers start coming down and everybody started on the same date. But, you know, I'm just a football coach. <laughs> yeah, but you're a good one. I can tell you that, man. I tell you what, your opinion, if it's as good on the football field, if it carries off the field, I'm going to go with you every time as we're live with the uh, head ball coach up there at Ridgeview High School. Perry Parks joins us uh, one of many times. I mean, he's the guy that we lean on in many different directions. His voice very solid on our show. We appreciate him taking time away from his family, of course, and the golf course is uh, his other second <laughs> home now. And uh, coaching has kind of taken a little bit of a backseat. Of course, the slip and slide has also – become a, a main role there with the kids, man. Yeah, I love what you do on social media. And what is that? I love that you're family, man. I got the chance to get to know your kids through our conversations off the air, but I also yep. see what you do on the with, with social media, man. How, how big is that to you, man? I mean, you see some coaches, they don't do a lot of that, but you, man, you're all about those young ones, man, and you continue to uh, to highlight them on that social media outlet. Yeah, yeah, I think I think social media is twofold. Um, I think the, the number one benefit you get to showcase – you know, your program and the kids within your program. And, uh, you know, you get to let those guys see, you know, you know, the the fruits of our labor per se and guys that are going to be up and coming players for our program, they get to see, and the people across the state get to see, you know, the positive things we're doing. Uh, the second part of social media, which I really love, I like giving my players, you know, former and, and, and future and current, I like giving those guys a glimpse of, of how, how football has, you know, uh, afforded me the way to live my life, you know, traveling, seeing different places, uh, meeting pretty cool, you know, guys in the sporting world, like, you know, do Staley, different coaches uh, that I know in the NFL or, you know, different connections that I have through uh, my coastal guys, Mike Tober, Tyler Thigpen, Quentin Teal, Jerome Simpson. I, I like just giving those guys uh, just a glimpse of how if you do things the right way, you know, football has, has, has gotten me a pretty good life, and I love that. Uh, and, and social media is just a way to share that, uh, with my players, uh, with others, uh, so they understand, you know, all this stuff is not for, for not. You know, the, the, the goal is to get college paid for, and then the goal from that is, is to get a degree. It's not to play in the NFL. You know, that that happens great. But uh, try to get college paid for and then get your get your degree and then see what doors that, that the game of football can open up for you. So I use social media 
uh, especially in these times, more just say, hey, this is what we got going on. This is what we're doing uh, personally, you know, professionally, and uh, let let people into to, to what's going on in, in my personal life as well as what's going on uh, professionally. No doubt about it. We're live right now. I'm up there at Ridgeview High School right outside Columbia, South Carolina, with the one and only Coach Perry Parks joining us here, as he always does, upon request. And we can't thank you enough, Coach, for what you do. Of course, you got another connection, and we talk about you, your ears, must burn from time to time when you see Cedar Grove come across our airwaves or you see us over there on the social media tour that we do with uh, Cedar Grove or Darnisha comes in here. You're one of the first guys we talk about. Of course, there's a few other coaches that aren't coaching right now at Cedar Grove, but have coached there at some point, one's at Griffin High School. You know, tell us a little bit about that because I think as much as it's important where you played, it's also important where you came from with other coaches. Uh, how much have you learned from all your brothers there that you guys continue, it doesn't matter where you're coaching at, man, it's that tree from Cedar Grove that seems to be the yeah. uh, the sweet spot of, of, of your coaching career. Yeah, we're we're a super tight-knit group, uh, all of us, man. Uh, I was telling some of these young guys that I got working for me, man, uh, we used to have to chart plays on a freaking uh, um, a, 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 a steno. I don't even think they make those little steno uh, memo pads. Uh, we had to use pencil. Coach Barnum wouldn't let us use pen in case we messed up. Had to use, uh, and you had to have your lines with rulers. And even when you drew your circles, you had to make sure everything was just symmetrical. So, like that, I think that's been lost, like, in this new generation of coaching. But all of the crazy hoops he made us jump through, he was grooming all of us to be successful head coaches. Not just head coaches, but successful head coaches. Uh, and uh, we joke and laugh, man. I probably got fired probably about 12 times when I was on staff just from doing stuff that I didn't think was wrong, but he thought was wrong. And, cussed me out and fired me on the spot, but then I, you know, I'd get sensitive and pout, and then he'd come hug me and say, you're not fired, but you got to do a better job. Like, little stuff like that made me into the coach I am today, and I, I, I love Coach Bonner for it and appreciate it. And the same thing Jimmy would say, you know, he's the running backs coach at University of Arkansas. Uh, same thing Pat, you know, Pat took over the program, was defensive coordinator. He was the linebackers coach when I was there. He's D.C. and now the head coach. Same thing Kareem and then uh, Will Richardson, one of my good buddies, uh, I brought him on to Cedar Grove, and now he's uh, the head coach of Richard Northeast here in Columbia. So all of us are a tight-knit group, and all of us are head coaches now. And, you know, we have a ton of stories about Ray Bonner, but it's all made us into the coaches and the men we are today, and uh, that's really a good thing. No doubt about it. We're live right now with the head coach from C- – excuse me, from Ridgeview. I'm just a Cedar Grove coach there. Ridgeview. <laughs> Uh, Coach Perry Parks joins us here, and uh, can't say enough about that, the, the group of guys. And you mentioned every one of them; they've all come on the show. And you know, for me, it gives me a chance to get in different hallways and do different things. But I remember that it was the first time that we talked. I had Darnisha; she was on the show with me. She was co-hosting it back in the day, and it was National Signing Day, and you had like twelve dudes, and I don't mean dudes going to like D three or NIA. Twelve dudes that were going to like Division One big boy colleges. What is it about Ridgeview and the horses? And I guess that's a good word to use for y'all uh, that you continue to put out week after week in the work ethic that you guys just continue to show on and off the field. I, I think it's the standard that we set when I when I was able to get this job here, and that you know we weren't going to take a back seat to anybody, and we were going to let let our play and our work ethic do the talking. Uh, and throughout all of that, the expectation uh, when we're done playing football was to go somewhere else and continue that journey playing football. Uh, what Coach Bonner taught us is there's a college for every kid if they want to play. So as a coach, you know, it's not your job to get them there, but it's your job to steer them in that direction, teach them the process, 
you know, make sure their grades and test score are where they need to be and then kind of be transparent with the parents and be realistic and then try to put them, you know, where they, everybody's not a Division One player, um, but there's a ton of FCS schools, you know, Division One AA schools. Um, there's a ton of uh, Division Two schools. Uh, and then there's a ton of junior college options if, you know, a kid just kind of fell through the cracks recruiting and try to get re-recruited. So uh, we believe in our model as far as getting kids to the next level uh, and the proof's in the pudding over the last five years as far as the kids that uh, we've put out here at Ridgeview. No doubt. Now, Coach, let me ask you this. I am going to bring uh, my co-host that I have. Eugene's going to join us here in just a minute. He's got a few questions, but uh, a couple more for me. One is how much do you think recruiting is going to really – take a hit or, or how has it been a little bit easier for these coaches because college coaches haven't been quite as busy and, and maybe you guys have a little bit more time to work with your kids. Tell me about the recruiting coming up in 2020. How big a role it's going to be? Uh, it's it's going to be, it's going to be super, super crucial. I've uh, been talking with the guys at university of South Carolina and um, you know, if we're, if we're not able to play, you know, worst case scenario, how can I be proactive to, to set my kids up for success? Like asking, would it help if I, you know, videotape these guys a couple a couple weeks, like, you know, five weeks with benchmarks and kind of keep updating them on, on their progress. So it's going to make us all be creative, high school coaches trying to sell their kids as well as colleges on how they evaluate. Because if there's no film, you know, majority of D1 kids have already, you know, they're already good. But those kids that might fall through the cracks and be late bloomers, you know, how will they get a true eval? So I think that's the problem that we're going to face if we do not play football in this coming fall. Now, of course, uh, the other question, follow-up for the football coming in the fall, I know you're one of the voices that, that get a chance to be heard when it comes to high school football around the state of South Carolina and the respect given to you because you've earned it. Uh, what do you think we end up looking like, if you're allowed to say, uh, when it comes to this year? Is there a chance that we get a smaller season put in play with maybe a game or two after that and then maybe even move it to the January date that gives us a little bit more time to put a vaccine together, Coach? Um, you know, it's, it's tough to say. Um, I support anything that's going to help benefit the, the kids in the state of South Carolina. But one thing I, I want to be clear about, I want to be fair to, to all of the kids. You know, I'm definitely a football coach, um, but I have, uh, you know, two boys and a daughter. And, you know, both my boys might not be, you know, one of them might play football and might be a football player. You know, they're sports. They're baseball guys. You know, they play other sports. So I want to make sure that, that if we don't do anything else, we're fair to we're fair to all sports across the board. So I don't want to bump anybody's season you know, in the spring sports per se. And you know they just got you know the, all their whole season canceled. So I mean for us to try to rush with a plan and say hey this is what we're going to do we're going to try to play spring sports now. Like do we have enough time so they can actually have a good season? Like I don't want them to have to have to cancel their season and try to rush through just so we can say we're playing football. Now, the adverse to that, if we can come up with a – Oh, we must lock the coach there, Eugene. Uh, he'll call back in just a minute. He was moving some things around, so hopefully he'll be able to catch up with us here in just a minute. We are live with Coach Perry Parks. He is the head football coach from Ridgeview High School. The call is dropped. He'll get back in here in just a minute, just like that. Coach Parks, I'm going to dial you right in, but you were talking – Yep, you're back with us now. Go ahead. You there, Coach? Oh, he dropped it again. So, uh, of course, Perry Parks joining us up there in the Columbia area. Could be a thunderstorm in that way. Of course, here in the state of South Carolina, they pop up unexpectedly, kind of like those 
there's uh, family members that sometimes just show up in the driveway. And, uh, of course, uh, thunderstorms are just like that. Perry Parks, of course, is the head football coach. Eugene, I'm going to bring you in. And when he does come back, I'm going to turn him over to you uh, because I know there were some questions that you had to ask him here, and I believe he's trying to catch up with us now. Oh, well, there he went again. So we'll kind of keep it going. But, but kind of touch a little bit about some of the things you heard from Coach. And, you, you know, he, he has some good points. He said, we don't want to rush a season just to stop a season. I actually talked to somebody earlier today, and, and he kind of echoed that same thing. He said, you know, we can rush and try to put some springs together or some other seasons together, but what good is it if we start, we have a week or two, and then we got to stop again? You know, that's kind of what we're seeing with football. Yeah, no doubt, and I think he just jumped back on, but uh, no doubt. And that, yep, that was one of the things that, that was super uh, important that he said. You know, one of the other things that just really grabbed me by the boo-boo, so to speak, was, uh, you know, something he said about every kid. There's a college out there for every kid. And if every kid wants to take his game to the next level, have a little money for college, maybe have a, a college pay for a little bit of his schooling, you know, you might have to travel. You might have to go outside your comfort zone. You might have to go D1, D2, D3, uh, NAIA, or junior college. And you may have to leave a little bit further out of the geographical region you want to go. But there are colleges out there seeking athletes. They have to fill teams. They have to have starters, backups, guys that they can coach up so they, you know, to fill those uh, roster spots. And I do believe that. And uh, it was very powerful and very um, important that he said that because, you know, a lot of kids, like, you know, he coaches in Columbia. It's, sometimes it seems like for kids in South Carolina, it's uh, Clemson, Carolina, or bust. And, you know, there's another Division One school in this state, uh, or Division One A school, if you want to call it that, and that's Coastal. There's Division One AA schools. There's Division Two schools. There are a lot of great programs that offer a lot of uh, very valuable college degrees that these kids can go and earn that opportunity and play. So I really thought that was one of the best things and most important things he said. But, um, you know, Coach, it, it looks like we have you back on now. Um you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, I, I was in, in kind of tongue-in-cheek, is uh, looking at your picture there, looks like you're uh, wearing a Jumpman shirt. Are you guys uh, sporting the Jumpman jerseys? And, and if so, yeah, how did that happen? Yeah, man. I, it's funny. When I got disconnected, I was taking a box of, of Jordan uh, polos into my office just now at the school, um, and I, I guess I got disconnected in my office, man. But um, we knew that they were going to football uniforms last year. And I called our rep, Sean and Toy. I'm like, hey, no matter what you guys do, like, we want in. And to kind of show them we were serious, we went ahead and changed all of our cloth uh, to Jumpman last year. So we changed our um, we changed our kids' workout cloth, the coaches' polos, hats, everything non-football related to Jumpman last year and kind of, you know, try to be pioneers, try to be the first school in the state to say, hey, we're committed to, to Jumpman. And then she, like, gave me. You know, the spill where well, you guys got to be competitive and all this stuff, and we're only going to have a couple of schools selected. Uh, and then I called her, you know, right before we played for the state title game and invited her. I said, hey, you know, come watch us play an state championship game, and, and after that game, go ahead and let me know about our Jumpman deal. So she came to that game. Uh, of course, we didn't win it, but uh, she let us know that we would definitely be one of the schools in South Carolina to be able to purchase uh, Jordan uniforms. And, of course, we did that. And um, they were not in my office just now, but – uh, they are on the way, and they're going to be pretty special when we get them. Well, no doubt. And, and you know, at, for colleges, you know, for the schools, you know, the major colleges are, are my Gators at Florida, 
uh, UNC, obviously, with the connection to Michael Jordan, Oklahoma, uh, you know, the schools that, that run the jump man. And uh, it, it's a heck of a recruiting tool. And when you're talking oh, yeah. to a freshman kid, something like that, and you're sporting these new Jumpman jerseys, and like you said, you know, you got the, the practice gear, you know, the shorts, the T-shirts, the, wake out, uh, the, the workout stuff for the weight room, you know, is that one of those things, and I'm sure it is, but is that one of those things you look at these guys and say, you know, we're one of the few schools in this state that can offer you this type of stuff, you know, and, and we all know with kids, we're dealing with kids that are, you know, 14, 18 years old, and sometimes that stuff matters. So uh, is yeah. that something that uh, you're out here saying, look, man, you know, you come, give your best, work out, you know, uh, give me your 100%, and I'll suit you up. Yeah, definitely. I, I'll tell you this. If you can find a, a kid in South Carolina and say, Coach Park said that to you, I'll give you $1,000 because we definitely don't recruit. But like I said, that's the power of social media, you know, posting the pictures of the stuff that we have. Uh, and we're in the tourist district, so our kids kind of kind of see that. Well, you know, if I end up going to Ridgeview, this is the type of stuff that I'll have. Uh, and I think that's the benefit of the of the Jumpman brand, the power of that, because, you know, I mean, where else would you see a, a basketball icon, you know, be on a football uniform? So that's the power of, of, of the branding and the Jumpman brand itself. But uh, the kids we have love it. Uh, it's funny, the incoming uh, freshmen, I've met two or three of those guys, and they've already said, hey, uh, our uniforms jump man too. I said, oh, slow down, young grasshopper. You know, win a couple of JV games, and then we'll talk about, you know, getting you some Jordan stuff. But uh, the kids love it. Um, Nike has been great. Uh, Team Jordan has been great. Uh, and uh, we got a special meeting hopefully coming up soon, and we might have uh, a little bit more exclusive stuff than what the other schools have that are the Team Jordan schools in the state. So we're excited about that as well. Well, I could I, I specialize in training kickers, and I was looking at one of the pictures of your footballs earlier. Uh, which footballs are you using? Because all I see is the uh, the nice purple logo and the stitching right before you get the labels with the uh, with the purple uh, stitching as well. Uh, what kind yep. of footballs are you guys using? Yep. So uh, I have a deal with uh, Big Game out of uh, Dallas, Texas. They make all of the footballs, uh, the Nike and Adidas football for every school, every Division One school uh, college in America. So uh, I got in with those guys at the AFCA conference and. Uh, start helping them market their footballs in the southeast. Uh, South Carolina was a state they weren't even in. We were the first school with that ball. Uh, so they kind of fully let us customize our ball, and uh, we do different things. We actually have two different, like, same leather, but uh, we play the light brown and a, a dark brown ball just to flip, flip up the flavor for the kids. So uh, it's, it's pretty cool company, man. They uh, they do a really good job, and they're just trying to, out to get to the high school market in the southeast. Uh, they've been killing Texas, of course. Um, but I think right. they have maybe – maybe 20 schools now in South Carolina that we've helped secure for those guys. That's awesome. So for the Adidas balls, are you guys using the dime balls? Uh, it's the, it, so our cut, we have the one that's more like the Nike Vapor one. Okay. That, that's so a more brown ball. Like I said, I coach the yep. kickers. They, they like those on kickoff because they're more round. And people yep. think all yep. footballs are the same. They're not. Oh, they're not. They're really they're not. not. They, have, you know, they have four different you can choose from. Which is crazy. Right. The quarterbacks and the punters like those Wilson 1003s because they're a little yep. bit thinner ball and they can, you know, kind of grip them a little bit better. The punter likes them because it has a different sweet spot. Whereas kickers kind of like those Nike Vapors. Uh, you remember the Under Armour balls? Under Armour actually oh, yeah. stopped making footballs last year. Uh, but then, but the old Wilson 1005s and the 1001s have a different type of leather. They're a little bit thinner. And they are rounded off, so they're kind of a fatter ball. 
And then I'll, I'll tell you a secret that I always do with my footballs uh, for the kickers is I take them home and I put them in the clothes dryer. And I put them in a low heat setting and I just put it on for about 60 minutes and it beats down the tip and it kind of rounds those suckers off. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so, uh, I, I think, you know, like, uh, uh, Eugene, real quick, Eugene, I, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm sitting here and you're, you're, I've never, and I've played football forever. Coach Parks, you as well. And, and as a matter of fact, I'm going to bring in Mr. Brown. Of course, uh, you know, Ken Brown's going to join us now from the high school blitz. Uh, what's up, Ken? But, um, I've never heard anybody break down the football by the actual numbers on the box, man. Eugene, hey, I'm impressed. It. That's what special teams does, right? <laughs> that is the truth, man. Come to my defense, coach. Come to my defense. <laughs> hey, Perry, let me ask you a question real quick. And, Eugene, I don't want to cut you off, but, but you usually do the, the bowl game there in the in the Midlands there, of course, the Metro yep. Bowl. With this COVID-19, and, 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 and I know there's restrictions when you're affiliated or, or, or sponsored. Again, tell me what happens with you guys. What's going to happen with the Metro Bowl? Come in December, if, if they cancel football season or they move football season, what is the mindset right now for the Metro Bowl that you've built together and you've put up for the last few years with all the success? Yeah, so what I'm thinking right now, like I told you, if they, if they cancel that Metro Bowl, I'm going to use all the insurance on everything I got set up to the LLC to try to help um, across the Midlands area as far as I can reach and try to get some other coaches on board to turn that into, you know, just a makeshift uh, recruiting service um, for these rising seniors this year, man, across the state. And I know it's going to be a lot of work, uh, but if we're not playing a season, I think that will probably be the best thing I can do with my time to, to get back and help these kids uh, and try not to, you know, not to charge them nothing crazy, man. It might be something like $10, um, you know, a workout because we've got to pay a, a good good film crew uh, and then find ways to, to secure that film and get it to colleges because they're going to have to find ways to evaluate talent. So, uh, we're kicking around a couple ideas with my board, uh, seeing how we can really help kids. And it won't be about, like a, like I said, a, a true showcase, but we're kind of geared on helping as many kids as we can get some film out there, uh, some, some stuff that college coaches, I mean, I know my name is good enough. Some of these other guys in college will actually trust, trust what they're seeing uh, and kind of do some scouting reports on kids and just kind of get that out there, man, and, and try to help as many kids as possible because it's going to be some – some stuff that's never happened before. So when things happen like that, you got to adapt right. and change and, and try to make the best out of it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Ken, I know you're on board with us, right, Ken? You can hear us? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How you guys doing? How you doing, Perry? What's up, you dog? Uh, you the man, baby. Yeah. I, yeah. I figured, Ken, I'd, I'd let you ask a question or two since we've got a coach on board. Of course, uh, we're joined right now with Ken Brown. Now, we've got the state covered. We're down here in the low country. Coach Parks is in the middle of uh, the state there in Columbia, and Tim Brown with the high school blitz is up there in Greenville. So, like we said, we cover the entire coast from the upstate to the lower state. Ken, uh, I think I'd give you a few moments there with Coach Parks. Hey, hey yeah, Coach, I like I like that what you said about what you're going to do because I'm trying to uh, do something too with some virtual stuff to have some kids out because yep. uh, I talked to Venables up here up here the other day, and he was like, and I asked him about. It, I said, I said, what do you think? You know, if I go out, film a couple kids, you know, do the Laser time, you no know, verticals. Do all the things you need to see. He said, "Man, we would love that." He said, "We can't see yep. anybody." He said, "That's what yep. we need." So I'm gonna start doing some stuff up here for some kids too. And if you need me to travel down to help you out, you just let me know. I got the laser time. I got the vertical job. I got all the stuff to do it for the combines and stuff. 
So all our combines on hold right now. So everything I got for the combines, yeah. I mean, you uh, you just say the word and I'm there, man. I'm there to help out because we got to get we got to get these kids out there. It's because the way everything is now, it's so many kids. It's just you're just gonna get left behind. You got yep. you like Morehouse College today. They don't cancel their season. So just imagine that a kid that was committed to them to play. Now he has no home. And now you know we got. I mean, it's a bunch of kids up here. The amount of kids we had signed up for the junior showcase combines and the amount of kids I've just been talking to is like, look, I can come out and go like four or five of you guys, do some, get some footage on you and stuff. And it just takes that one kid to tell tell another team, another kid, oh, wait a minute, high school blitz will come out and do some filming. You know, all of a sudden yeah. I got 50 messages within three hours. I'm like, oh, man, yeah. you know, I was kind of keeping that on the down low. So, but they're yeah. just so hungry right now. They're so hungry that's, right that's now. And, Yeah, I can hear you. So if we, you know, we we come together, me and you, you get your guys, you know, and, and we'll make it. We'll make it happen for them. We're gonna we're gonna help yeah. these kids out. We're gonna do everything we can, man. And I'm I'm willing to. You know me. I'm willing to grind. I'm, and I was yeah. there when you had that first Metro Bowl, and you like you was talking to me about getting me getting getting this going up here, and I did it. And you've helped me out a lot, man. You like you like you know you my dude. You brought me on the golf yeah. course, but you my dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to play me one day. <laughs> we're going yeah, to have to there and play. Oh, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I'm going I'm to buzz you tomorrow so we can uh, we can hash that thing out and see when you're going to you know, try to plan something. And uh, and uh, and I'll, I'll head now, man. We'll get this thing going. Sounds like a plan. You got it, my man. Well, Perry, we appreciate it. I know we asked you for 30. You gave us 35. And, uh, first of all, Eugene didn't even – he had an opportunity to tell you what size he was there, which he's usually a use small if, if you get Uh-oh. Coach Eugene a shirt. Of course, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a large, an adult large. <laughs> I'm an adult hey, medium. Hey, but you guys, adult if you guys were in Columbia helping me, you know we got a big stadium renovation project. So I just sold it two boxes basically around the school because I couldn't get to my office. Uh, it's full yeah. of jump man stuff. So next time y'all come help me, I'll take care of you, man. Hey man, I, hey, I smell a Rodney Columbia coming, Eugene. <laughs> I, I want some. I want some of those balls, actually. I want some of those uh, light skin, uh, thin leather balls. I, I can take care of that, man. That's an easy request, Coach. Coach, what is it about? I mean, and, and I want to ask you this question because this was on my mind. And, and Eugene is such a blessing to have on this show because he brings so many different things. But, you know, it, it's always special to have. You ever see the kickers on the sideline? They're almost entertaining us on the side as much as anything because when after they're done kicking, you know, they got to find something to do. They're over there taking, like, still shots and doing some things. But what is it about special team coaches that are just as entertaining, I've learned, of just having him on the show with me here? i tell you what, man. Those guys are different. Uh, but the way I coach my specialists, I'm just like uh, Bobby Bowden, you know, way Savannah, uh, Sebastian Zanikowski, you got to have a different set of rules for those guys. So as long as they're showing up to practice on time and they're making them extra points, you know, flipping the field on punts and, and giving us good field position when they kick the ball off, I, I stay out of their hair, man. They're different guys. <laughs> well, Coach, as always, we appreciate all that you do on and off the field. Yeah, I'm going to catch up with you as well here in a few. I actually got tomorrow off, so I'm going to be – uh, having some time down, but anytime you can bring the family down or you got a chance, I'm, I'm trying to get, of course, uh, uh, Ken to come down and join us as well because, uh, you know, down here in Charleston, man, we got a lot of opportunity and love to have a chance to get you in here with us. And, uh, you know, let's let's have a little fun, man, go find something to eat once this COVID thing kind of kicks away. Definitely, man, no doubt, man. Thank you guys for having me, man. Have a good night. See you, man. Sorry, man.
Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, uh, Pope, uh, Coach Parks joins us as uh, he does uh, when we request it there. Uh, Ken, let's do a quick reset here. i got a commercial I need to play. We come back. We're going to get in here with you, and we'll talk some big stuff, and we'll bring Eugene back in. I think Eugene dropped off, but he came back in, so we're going to time him back in here with us. But a uh, quick break, come back. We'll take some phone calls. If you want to talk to myself or Ken Brown, of course, uh, he does some big things, and he covers everything on the upstate for us here at Southern Sports Central with the high school blitz, but he also covers the whole state as well. But uh, you can join myself, Eugene, and Ken Brown with the high school blitz. Call in now, 323-784-9681. If you've got a question, we'll try to find an answer. We're covering the entire state right now here in the Palmetto State, guys. You're listening to Southern Sports Central. Don't go anywhere. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed, call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed, I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the tent farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. And welcome back, everybody. The final segment brought to you by our friends over at the Tent Farm. You can reach them at or 7634 South Railroad in North Charleston. That's, of course, right down the street from the studio. Or you can find them on the World Wide Web at tentfarm.com. Or you can give Jonathan and the guys a shout at 843-297-4131 for all of your needs for shade, whether it be your business, your home, or your automobile. Well, give them a shout and let them take care of your needs there. We are live on that Tent Farm hotline in the upstate of South Carolina with the one and only Ken Brown from the High School Blitz. Ken, uh, again, thanks for jumping in here with us, man. You've been busy. You've been talking to college coaches, high school coaches. Uh, man, I tell you what, we've had to kind of slow down uh, what we were hoping to have were all these combines. I actually spoke to three parents today, six yesterday, that were like, man, what are we going to do? I said, well, the best thing we can do is separate and uh, and, of course, start that off with prayer, but we got to start doing the right thing so that we can get the season in. Yeah, we do, because um, if, if, like today, you know, 1,600 more cases, and and if those numbers don't start coming down, it's it's not looking good. But as soon as those numbers start coming down, and they all make, they are, they are having, they got a plan right now in place, but they're not going to announce it yet. But they do got a good plan. I, I like it. And... And I think, you know, once everything settles down after Labor Day, all these people get out of town and stuff, and, you know, you, you don't have the people coming out of state having combines and stuff and, and kids, you know, going to that and stuff. So once all that is over and done with, and after that, I think the numbers will start coming back down, and he wants to get those numbers back down, you know, around 200 cases a day, and I think he can, you know, we can do our thing. Um, but until that happens, though, man, we're going to be on lockdown. And they're, they're, they're getting ready to, um, I think, Monday, you know, Anderson, like, you know, the kids can still work out at the schools and stuff. But I think Monday they're going to shut that down. One of the coaches told me today, he said, Monday, I think, you know, I think we're like the last ones up here in Anderson County that hadn't really shut this, the workouts down. You know, a couple of kids. But it's only been just a you know, couple of kids out there working out. 
that's going to get shut down Monday. And, um, you know, just talking to the coaches and staying in touch with them to see what kind of what's the game plan and stuff. And, and um, I think we're going to make it happen. You know, you may not get a full season, but, you know, it's better than no season at all, you know, because we're dying for football. Everybody is. We, we, want, it, but we want it bad, but we just cannot put these kids in danger. Well, you can't put the fans in danger, the kids in danger. So that that's first. So once once we get, you know, it ain't gonna be under control. I think it's something we just got to live with, you know. Um, you know, but, but right now you can't be having these baseball tournaments and stuff, and and uh, and all this thing, all the stuff that's going on. Then you make the governor mad. He makes that announcement. And, you know, if you read between the lines, what he said, he's trying to help us. Really, if you think about what he said, you know, you know. If these cases don't do this, you won't get no football season. He's telling you, if you, if you listen to what he's saying, he's telling you, stop having all these other things you're having because people are calling him and telling him you got this going on and this going on. If 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 he's letting them know, stop doing this so you can have your football season. So if they stop, you just just the uh, other day, you know, and I was, you know, in the beginning, I was one of those people that didn't believe. I was like, oh, this, you know, this is not true, blah, blah, blah. And I felt, you know, I felt in that, but now seeing it, and seeing um, um, my daughter's roommate that's got it, you know, seeing um, – I mean, I'll go ahead and tell you, I, I know it's 12 high school kids up here that's got it. One of them is in bad shape. So just and just knowing that and seeing it, then, it, then you understand, hey, man, this is real, you know. <laughs> it's real. One kid goes to a combine in Georgia, comes back, hangs out with his buddies at a pool party the next day, and they all got sick. The whole, all of them, basically, basically the whole starting offense, you know. So, yeah, it's real, and you know, they, you know, players can walk around, can be positive. You don't even know they have it, but it, the fact of the matter is, it may not bother you, but if you out and you give it to somebody that's that's not in good shape, got bad lungs, and you get it, and like the governor said, if you have if you have something going on, you got a lot of people showing up. God forbid that somebody catches it there and end up dying from it because you're gonna be in big trouble. And he's tell- and he's right. So we got we got to come together and and help these kids and and tell them, look, you don't have to go to all of these things these people are having right now. Can't no college coaches gonna be there. So you know, if you want to have your season, you know, stay safe, do your thing, and work out, keep your shirt on, wear your mask, whatever you got to do. But just it's up to the players and up to the parents. You know what we have right now, basically. That's, that's right. basically what he's saying. So hopefully, hopefully, about do the right thing, man. We're live right now with Ken Brown, all the way in the Upstate. So we cover you from the Low Country to the Upstate of South Carolina. As he and I have partnered together to try to bring you the best, uh, I would say, recruiting tool, uh, open opportunity with coaches and players between the combines and his incredible game that he put on last year. We got bigger plans this year. Good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, and this COVID thing finds a back seat. Man, it's going to be a big one, and I, I'm excited. Man. Oh. I'm going to speak it into an existence, Ken, because I just think it's going to happen. We're going to make it happen. We're going to pray it away. We're going to do the right thing. But you've had a chance yeah. to talk to some college coaches too, Ken, and, and I talk about it from time, but I want it to come from somebody else at this point. When you talk to the Brent Venables, to the Dabo Sweeney's, to the Will, you know, you know over there in Columbia – 
what what are they saying about this? When they heard the, the governor say there will be no college football, he didn't just say high school. He said football in general, when that would be mm-hmm. Clemson, South Carolina, and every college inside the lines here in South Carolina. What was what was Coach Sweeney's attitude on that possibly? Uh, he basically said, you know, it's nothing you can do. You know, he he's the man in charge, and and you got to follow by the rules. So in Clemson, you can't even go into a store without a mask on. You can't even go into Lowe's without a mask. You can't even go anywhere. You go into Clemson right now. If if people's walking, their dogs, whatever, you know, they out fine. But if you go to any establishment, you can't go nowhere near the university right now. So they have told their whole inner circle to practice social distancing, wear your mask, and uh, no going to no parties. I mean, they they have laid the law down, you know, because they want to play. And, and this thing about having 20% of the stadiums full and stuff, it's not going to fly because if you are, are a booster or a IPTA member or a season ticket holder or whatever, you don't spend 20 years of these season tickets, and they say, well, you can't go because this 20,000 people are going to go, that's going to start a big thing. So they want everybody want the stadiums full. Only way to get them full is wear your mask, social distancing, get the numbers down, and I think it'll happen. And and that's what they're telling everybody, you know, because they, I think what bothers them more than anything, uh, just by talking like with Venables all day, it's killing him. And he don't get to see players. They don't. They didn't get to have uh, the all-in cookout. They don't get to have that. No, no kids on campus because you think about it now. Uh, the kid out in Cal, uh, it's a kid in California that was walking, and a kid in Tennessee that was walking. Then they can't come on campus. But so now you got UCLA trying to get that kid because they're there. And then you got Tennessee most likely will get that other kid because they can't get him here on campus and talk to him. So it's kind of it's messing up recruiting on everything. And these kids out there right now that's got these offers, man, they better jump on them. You better commit now because you're going to miss out. I'm telling you right now, it's schools already talking about – look at Morehouse. They don't cancel their you – know, cancel theirs already. So other schools is going to fall in suit. They're going to fall right behind them. you got a lot of ju- JUCOs that cancel their season already. So if you got you sitting there, man, I got twelve offers, you know, and you know, I'm, uh, you know, this is my final twelve. Okay, well, pick one so you can have your place, because if you decide, you know, you keep waiting, you're gonna be left out, because you don't even know if they're gonna have a season yet. But go ahead and pick that. That you you got your your spot, you know, you got your spot. But uh, I'm telling you, dude, this just but just talking to them guys, man, and and kind of getting the you know, the the inside of their minds or what they're thinking and how how they think it's gonna go down. It's just what what you know, once they release out what they're gonna do, uh, and it's just gonna fall right into the high school same thing. But um but ain't nothing gonna happen until we get it under control. I mean, that's the bottom line. And they know they no know that. Of- I know that, you know that. So we kinda like we basically me, you the players, the parents, we're basically held hostage until all the Northerners go back home and leave all the vacation spots because uh, Charleston and Myrtle Beach is slap full of people from out of state. Once they get gone, everything's every, the numbers are going to plummet. You watch. Once they get gone after Labor Day, it's going to plummet. Then you're going to have that four-week right. period. Well, I, I, me personally, I think you'll shut it down for four weeks after Labor Day, shut everything down, let everything die down. Kill everything, and then he'll open back up. That's what I think he's going to do. Right. 
Well, I'll tell you what would be an interesting one is we're live with Ken Brown with the high school blitz. He, me, and Eugene have had to turn in our some somewhat of a sports uh, attire and put on some news anchor attire here because we've had to cover multiple things in, in the uh, 2020 season. And, of course, now COVID-19 has got us hitting the reset button to some degree. Now this is the second time that we have a chance to do it the right way. And what that means, it is July 4th, normally – you're packing it out. And like you just heard there from Ken, it is, without doubt, it is packed in Myrtle Beach. It is very busy in Charleston. I was working earlier today down towards that area, and it was very busy uh, across the way. And, guys, I can only stress this enough, not just for the football season or any other season, but for your safety, let's please do what we have to do to get to at least some of the things that we're used to getting back into. And, of course, you know, you, you mentioned something, and Eugene and I were talking about this earlier. These kids are committing earlier now than ever, and you saw the kid from Myrtle Beach commit uh, early. You saw, matter of fact, we had a kid all the way out in California. He wanted to go to Clemson. His goal mm-hmm. was, I believe, and I don't want to say 100%, but I, I believe uh, Jalen Smith, who is uh, one of the kids off of Snoop, Coach Snoop's uh, Netflix show, wanted to go and visit Clemson. But because of this situation, matter of fact, the dad said they had planned on making some more trips. But when COVID came out, well, unfortunately, it limited his opportunities right in his backyard in Southern California. Of course, we all know Cook, yep. uh, Snoop is a huge SoCal guy, or Southern California guy, and uh, he just went last night, committed uh, to those guys, or maybe it was the day before. But either way, he commits uh, to his back his school in the backyard, and, and you're seeing this more and more. But I think there's that. But I also feel like they're committing earlier because there's already enough stress on them that this takes that stress out of their life as well there, Ken. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it makes it makes it a whole lot better. That's why I like that J.J. Jones got it out of the way because now his whole season now, you know, he has no stress, has no coaches calling him, or none of that stuff. And I don't see how a player, if I had a son playing right now, I would tell him, get it over it now, go ahead and commit. That way, your senior season, you're stress-free. Amari Huggins just committed a little bit today. He's stress-free this year. He's got it, you know, he's good to go. And he's gonna he's gonna kill it up there, with that offense. He's gonna kill it. But these players just just holding out, man. Just don't hold out. Go ahead, go ahead and make that decision. Get it over with. And that way you don't have to worry about stressing out out there playing. And uh, you got coaches blowing your phone up. It'll be it, you know, it'll be kind of hard to go out there and play when you you got a coach calling you right for you. You know you trying to get your mind set for the game and stuff. So just get it over with. And I like the fact that a lot of players that you know do it and get it over with. And um, but you got you know we got great coaches in this in this state and help out with these kids and help with the recruiting process and stuff. But then you got the ones you have to help out that don't have a lot of backing and stuff, and you have to tell them about the recruiting process and you know and help them out and stuff. So, but uh, I'm just ready for some football, bro. <laughs> I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting here at some point tonight, Ken, and I'm going to pull up ESPN, and they're going to have a flashback from somewhere, and I'm going to pretend as if it's live in my edge of my seat waiting for them to make that miraculous catch that I know he's going to drop. But, uh, again, we want to thank you for all that you do. You and I, I think we talk now probably, what, once a day, sometimes twice a day, but we have a chance yeah. to kind of put things together. And, and, and I I thank you for the opportunity to take Southern Sports Central and partner it up with you guys at the high school blitz and, and I and I said it, we're kind of like the NWO of sports in the state of South Carolina, thanks to 24-7 sports, and making the comment, we don't got any dudes. Well, guess what? Yeah, we do. And they're making commitments oh, day yeah. in and day out. They're just not staying home. They're going outside. But nevertheless, they're playing Division One Power 5 football. 
Exactly. I love it because now, I, I, now when they come on the radio, because they come on, I think, every Tuesday and every Wednesday on that same guy's show when he asks about his state yeah. is, their, their attitude is totally different, man. I love it because they, they, they know how wrong they were, man. And they were just yeah. like, and I was just sitting there listening to them, just smiling. Like, yep, you you knew what you said was so wrong. And now when they sit back and look at it now, they're like, man, we really did screw up. And, and, and just take, just wait to the 22 class, though. So, oh, my goodness. It's, oh, even, God, it's loaded, it's too. That 22 yeah. class is nasty. It's nasty, yeah. man. It is. So, I agree with you. I, I can tell you that locally here in about three different areas to the left and three schools to the right. And uh, they got some dudes. Somerville's loaded up. Fort Dorchester's loaded up down here. Berkeley's got some dudes. I mean, you got this guys over there at Goose Creek. They're doing their thing. Wando's went 8-3 last year. They got a lot of young dudes that are coming up. And don't overlook Woodland. Coach Fiber's up there, the AD. That guy's like DBU in the low country, man. Keep an eye on what oh, he's yeah, got going on up there, man. There is so much talent. So much talent. They I'm excited, man. And, whew. What is it about defensive going. back that you've seen a resurgence on those guys real quick, Ken? We've got about two minutes left with you, but uh, do. you see DBUs are coming, coming out everywhere. It's the training there. If you, when you watch these kids train, and they, you think about it. When we played, we didn't have all the training these kids had. They get to play right. the season. They get great coaching. Then in the all season, they get these trainers, and their footwork and their hips are so good now, it's unbelievable. And I'm sitting there watching, like, look at these guys, and we have got some of the best DBs around. And they're and and, and you, I mean, you can go to any school right now, and you're gonna have your top DB. We got the number one DB up here in Malden right now, and no, he's no, he's number one in the nation for next year. Number one, Jalen uh, Lucas. Yeah, oh, he's unbelievable. His his feet, his ball skills. It's just, a, well, it's just a test for these guys, man. Because I'm telling you, <laughs> when you see Kevin Washington and all those guys in action, man, with, with the way they train these kids, man, it's amazing, man. And I and I just and I love it and. and it's a lot about their mind of uh, prime time. You know, I'm like, this kid, you can tell when somebody's going to be playing on Sundays, and I can tell you right now, it's about 10 I've seen. It. Yeah, he's going to be playing on Sunday. I call them Sunday ballers. That's that's a Sunday baller. That's a Sunday baller. You can just tell. I, I tell you another yeah. Sunday baller, Christian Miller from Hilton Head. Everybody's like, I see y'all sleeping on that one. He's up at Gardner Well. Watch and see. When his name get called, everybody will roll. Gardner Webb. He he <laughs> yep, that's the one I was telling you about. Watch and see. Atlanta Falcons in the third round. Okay, Christian Miller. Gardner Webb. <laughs> people going people gonna be yep. shocked. He sent me a he message. He sent down. me a message this morning and, and, and said, Man, you think we're gonna have a season? I said, Brother, you're in great shape. You just keep working out. The days are gonna come. Real quick, Eugene, I know you had something. We got a minute and a half left. Uh go ahead, Eugene. I got one question, Coach. You know, I know you follow recruiting. What is it with South Carolina kickers? I, I go through the rosters of every school just about in the nation, and all the way from South Carolina to Ohio. I was on Akron talking to a coach last night uh, trying to recruit one of my kids at Oceanside and that I train personally, and they have a kid from Fort Mill as a punter on the staff. You know, we got so many nationally ranked kickers in South Carolina all over the United States on college rosters. Mm-hmm. What is it with these guys compared to other states that you're seeing? And, unfortunately, you know, I was talking to a coach uh, Tuesday night, you know, quarterbacks and kickers are the high, are the hardest guys to get recruited. What is up with that? It's because it's, it's the scholarship 
towards the kickers and stuff. They want they want to offer to before walk on to save that spot and save that money when it comes to the kickers. But they know well I can just offer this kicker over here before walk on even though he's good, and then you know say that scholarship for a position player and that's the way they look at the kickers. But I we but like you said we got some our kickers here are awesome. Now you take you take um, Chance Paul from Westside two years ago he had no offers. And I was like, man, this kid can kick the, the football to the moon. And I, and, uh, and it, he came out the same year as um, um, what's his um, Patrick Nation. The guy, Hall. Right. yeah. And, and he ends up going to East Carolina. He and and they didn't offer him at Carolina. They offered a kid from uh, North Carolina, Ham, that had a torn ACL. They didn't know about. I said, he's gonna go to Duke. He goes. So they missed out on him. And they miss out on him on uh, poor. He goes to Kentucky. I, I'm like, and, so, and then the other kids, another kid from Fort Mill, he went to Alabama. So you had three, and they was all written in the top five in the nation that year. And I'm like, no, and no in-state school offered them. I, I couldn't believe it. Like you got the best kickers in the nation right here. But Chance got offered a full. He texted and told me, he said, and he said they go off. I said they offer you better take it. That was his only offer. And they offered him a full ride, and he's going to be starting kicker up there this year, and and he can kick it to the moon. Um, Patrick Redshirt last year, but it's the same thing with the DBs. I get messages. Take uh, Omar Khan over at, uh, over at Dorman. He kicks every day. He goes all of the um, that guy put those big down national down. guy. He goes all those combat. He kicks every day, and he's tagging me on Twitter every day. And that kid can flat out kick, you know. And that and and they train just as hard as the DBs train, and and that's why they're so good. And we got kickers going all over the all over the nation, except for the two in-state schools. I don't I don't I don't I don't understand it. <laughs> it just kills me. Don't get me started on that one. I'll be here all night talking about that one. I'll be here. Well, guys, all I appreciate it. Too. I know we're um, we're up against the clock here. Uh, I do want to send you off on the right way, Ken. Uh, happy Fourth of July to you, your family. Stay safe. God bless. We're gonna do this again. We got to look at our calendar. We'll be off Sunday, but we'll be back. On uh, Tuesday, I'm thinking of doing a Facebook Live, uh, Facebook Live deal uh, one of the days uh, as well. So let's let's look at it, do it, and uh, that way we can have like a three screen and we can kind of see one another and uh, try something new. Let's get creative and get some oh, players in here with us as well, buddy. I'm all for that, my man. Well, take care. God bless. I'll reach out to you tomorrow for sure. I know I got the day off. I'm not sure if you're out there humping them. Uh, I hope not. But either way, I'll definitely make sure I reach out to you tomorrow. <laughs> All right, you got it. Thanks. See you guys. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Ken Brown from the High School Blitz joining us to wrap up tonight's show. Perry, Perry Parks from Ridgeview High School. Perry Parks, of course, played his college days at Coastal. He's had a coaching gig at a couple of places. I also want to thank uh, Coach Ben Hampton from Stockton, Cole Messina, and Jay Williams. On behalf of all of us, all of you, God bless. Take care. Happy 4th. We'll see you Tuesday night. Until then, stay safe. Bye, man. The weather is hot and girls are dressing less and checking out the fellas to tell them who's best. Riding around in your Jeep or your Benzos or in your Nissan sitting on Lorenzo's. Back in Philly, we be out in the park. A place called the Plateau is where everybody goes. Guys out hunting and girls doing likewise. Honking at the honey in front of you with the light eyes. She turn around to see what you beeping at. It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac and with a pen and pad.